I love that part. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back to yet another episode of Snooze and Booze. Um, today I'm drinking. I'm drinking Dos Equis, mini Dos Equis, I guess. Okay. Loaf, what do you got today? I say I got an apothic red red wine, which mm-hmm. is a blend of maybe two or three other ones, which is very good. It right smells now. good. I can smell it from here, and it, it's pretty, pretty not too, not too shabby, not yeah, too shabby as they say. Yeah. Um, welcome back. We're joined by a special guest, Miss Christine Cortez. Is that you said? Yeah. Last name? How do you pronounce that? No, of course. <laughs> like it's something hard. Uh, say hello. Introduce yourself, please. Hi. Oh, okay. Shit, I thought you were going this. This is this always happens whenever I introduce a guest. Like I, I, when I say like, oh, go ahead and introduce yourself. I take the time to take a big gulp or whatever, oh. and then you guys cut me off. Like, <laughs> like I have to like cut myself off from what? Oh shit, you know that like, kind of thing. Uh, introduce yourself. Tell me, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Okay, I'm. Um, let's see. I'm 27 years old. My birthday was last week. No, oh, well, ago. happy belated birthday. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I work at a barbershop with my mother. Cool. Mm. Let me see. I just moved to a new house about a month ago or two. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, let's not skip past that. So you're a, you're a hairdresser or, or actual barber? Or is there a difference between the two? Um, well, there's cosmetologists. Yeah. Okay. That's what I meant to and say. And then yeah. there is barbers. And then you can get into manicuring. And then you can go to estheticians. So would you do the? So you said you consider yourself a barber. Well, I have uh, my cosmetology and barbering. Oh, life. okay. So you're mm. you both. See, I don't know. The, I don't know if there's specifics or if there's just difference or whatever. I just well, get phased, man. I've been getting the same haircut for like a hundred years. Just men. Mm-hmm. And the care of men, while cosmetology is the care of women and everything they do. Well, actually, cosmetology is everything. Yeah. It involves barbering, manicuring, and estheticians, while barbering is just mainly for men. But the shop you work at, is that like a hair salon or is it a barbershop? Barbershop. Okay, I got it. And are you required to sing vocals only, a cappella, or no? No. No. You know what's a little quartet. Like That's just private session. Barbershop quartet right there. No, oh, you record me, don't you? I don't you? record you, but I just... I would I would tell you if I were recording you. Oh, okay. Uh, and, okay, so let, what are you drinking today, Stella? I mean, uh, I'm what are you drinking today, Christina? Christina. <laughs> I'm drinking Christina. Um, Stella Black. Cool. Yeah. And you, is that how you like your man oh, yeah, or your good. coffee? Mm? Is that how you like your man or your coffee? My coffee. Yeah, okay. That's an old airplane joke. Do you remember that? That This is an old airplane joke where uh, one of the funniest movies of all time. But it's uh, there's a little girl like she, what she's 12, 11 years old, and they ask her, oh, what would you like to drink? And, and she's like, oh, coffee. And she's like, how would you like that? The stewardess asks her like, how would you like that? Black, like my men. <laughs> it's just like what? <laughs> okay. I love I, I love those old like fucking uh, parody satirish fucking classic comedies. You know that those those kind of things. Um, man, Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, you know what? I don't know if we've had this conversation on the podcast before, but Leslie Nielsen, when he first started doing like the Naked Gun movies, you know, the, those kind, those oh, kind of okay. period. You know who he is, right? The old white dude. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but like, uh, it, it, the reason it was so funny back then was because up until then, he was during his younger career when he made himself a name, he was known as a serious actor. So it's the equivalent of like, um, did you ever see Life's Too Short with uh, Warwick Davis? Oh yeah, absolutely. 
you remember that scene where uh, ne- uh, Liam ne- Neeson came in to do uh, um, that scene you know, where he's, he wants to do comedy all of right. a sudden? And he starts talking with, about yes, age or yes, something? Yes, yes, uh-huh. with Ricky Gervais. What, dude, just look up Life's Too Short, Liam Neeson uh, comedy. And it's one of the funniest five minutes of your, your entire life. To you got to see that. Well, you know, after the podcast, I'll show you. It's it's fucking in tears. I was I remember I watched it over and over and over again That's just funny. for the Yeah, that funny. That but the weird. reason it was funny is because Liam Neeson is here playing the straight man for a comedy thing. You know, like a, the bit, and he's known for obviously he's known for doing serious roles. You know, whatever. Right, right. Uh, Zeus, Schindler's List, fucking Taken. But that was, I guess, that's what um, we don't know it because we've always known him as the parody dude. You know, Leslie Nielsen. Mm-hmm. We've always known him in the comedy. But I guess back then he he really was like a straight man. Like he did dramas. He did nothing but serious, you know, movies. So when he comes and starts doing all these parodies, everyone's like, "What the fuck?" You know, like, "Holy shit!" It's even funnier than it was to us. You know, for us, the material was funny. The bits right. were funny. But it's we didn't have that aspect of growing up with someone who was a serious actor all of a sudden doing playing a jackass. Right, know? right, right. So it's that much even better. Like, damn, that, that's the kind of shit where I wish I lived back then so I can appreciate the way they appreciate gotcha. it. Gotcha, yeah, know? yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. I really like the Johnny Depp episode of that one, too. That one's another one. Very, very funny. Two, very underrated HBO comic about Warwick Davis. Are you familiar with him? He's the mid, no. He played Willow. Willow. Or he played the Leprechaun in all those Leprechaun movies. Oh, He's, how dare you how dare you he is a he is one good looking little man he was he's the one good looking little man leprechauns are scary i guess yeah leprechauns yeah well one's real and the other one's not so you're a little girl growing up with five brothers yeah i was Oh, really? Yeah, so I was. Oh, thank you. Okay. Well, growing up with five brothers and they tormented you with all these scary movies. You should be tougher. You should be I'm 100% not, should be tougher. But I'm not. You should feel you should Psychology have that. Yeah, you should have the opposite effect of you being scary. Well, I wasn't, okay? No, okay. I said as a woman. <laughs> all right. I said as a girly girl. Are there any like um do you like anything from the past? Uh, this I'll, I'll direct the question first to you and then to mm. uh, Do you like anything from the past that you wish you could grow up and see that for the first time? Like, I know there's a lot of movies. I wish I could be in the movie theater for them. But obviously, I didn't exist back then, you know, that kind of thing. Is there anything, any films, or even music or concerts that you wish you existed back then to have that feel? Like, you'd be the same age now, but just going back in that kind of thing? Um, it would probably have to be... Um, well, I don't know if go back to it, but I would like to be around when Charlie Chaplin... I really liked his movies. Oh, I, you know, me and my daughter, we, uh, I'm a huge, huge Charlie Chaplin fan. There's a specific movie that, I don't know, I've always... Watched. I'll tell you what, it, do you know the names of it? or the... It's actually one uh, where he's actually speaking. A speaking role? Yeah. Okay. It's called uh, Monsieur Reduc. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever heard of that. Are you? Uh, he has like a monologue at the at the end of the movie where he's just like, he's talking yeah. about, uh, what was he talking about? Just about life in general and there's something about peace or love or something well, yeah, about well, love, the movie's mm-hmm. really good it's a comedy but a murder movie kind of at the same time yeah yeah he plays um this gentleman that he um he has a wife so it has kids. to be like this is during his later years right yeah okay so it's um he has a wife and kids but yet he goes to the cities and different area um different um states and has mistresses okay and he waits until they die and well he gets know their money oh so he like uh like tries to hustle older women yeah older rich women so he eventually does get cut off and but he does meet this one young lady and it's funny because this one young lady he's trying out this new like potion to like kill this lady yeah so, poison 
yeah so she he tries it on a cat first and sadly it works makes sense so then well there's eight other lives no one need to worry yeah. <laughs> so then he finds this girl in, in the street where he, she just came out of jail and so the girl's like literally telling you know she's like okay come to my house i'll take care of you while you look till next day you can go you know get some money whatever so, uh-huh. so he just wants to test the postman on her makes sense yeah so then but she gets there and she starts talking about her life and gets sad and then he lets her go so at the end of the movie where you know he goes to jail and all that the girl he, is he, there hold on a second he let her go because he was sympathetic he, to yes. her oh, so he you mean he didn't try the poison he didn't on her try okay yeah so when he gets caught up on all this um some for some reason a girl comes back in his life mm-hmm. and the girl is doing very well she's rich she married this rich guy and she's a businesswoman now the ex-con yeah okay ex-con. so the girl sees him and kind of like feels sorry for him so she wants to take him in, but he's like, "No, don't, don't, don't do anything for me. I'm not worth it." Yeah. And then she eventually finds out what, what he had done, in all you know, all his life, and he eventually goes to jail. And at the end, he does talk about like, I don't remember exactly what he talked about, but it was a very emotional at the time. I guess I was emotional at the time. How How old are you when you're watching it? I just watched this movie like two years ago. Or a year oh, okay, ago. so very recently. Yeah. And you think it affected you? Now, when he yeah. gives the monologue at the end, is he in character or he's saying it as a narrator outside story? I think it's a narrator. Okay, so he's no longer that guy. He, mm-hmm. Now he's just telling you like what this movie was about, whoop de whoop, that kind of thing. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Now, can you repeat the name of the movie one more time? Um, I'm gonna say Measure the Duke. Okay, I haven't seen it yet. So now that's definitely going on my wish it's list. You know, very good movie. Yeah, yeah. It sounds the way you're explaining it, the plot. You know, you spoiler there, but it, it, it sounds so sense, good. I would like to go back mm-hmm. to when he did do that movie. Well, I most think. of his movies aren't don't have that theme. Just no. so you know, yeah. But most of, them, of course, are convenient. Yeah, you know, slapsticky, yeah. original, original OG shit. But this one was. I, I never seen him like this before. You know, there's one other movie where it's kind of familiar. So like, he had a message type thing, mm-hmm. and that's the Dictator. Where, where have you seen that one? Mm-hmm. He he makes fun of Adolf Hitler for that okay. one. And it, and that was one thing. You know, obviously he's an Austrian Jew. You know, um, excuse me, uh, Chaplin. But uh, it, that's one of the only movies where I can tell it's kind of the same thing. Where he has he has a message to give that kind of thing. That's very interesting. Absolutely, I will. I'll absolutely check that on. He was a great this. man too. He was very humble. Well. Points what I've heard and read. You've seen the movie Chaplin, though, right? With Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. with Iron Man? No. Iron Man. And so he's, he's always been a person I look up to. Yeah, that's cool. He's, I mean, you'd probably look down on him because he was a little guy, but yeah. I know, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> and he was one of the highest um, paid actors mm-hmm. at his time. Actually, actors up until him, actors were considered kind of like pieces of shit. Yeah, like Not pieces of stars, shit. The way porn stars porn, are viewed. Perfect example. Nowadays. Thank you very much. I was talking about porn. I saw. This movie called Loveless. Oh. Yeah, uh, late. Yeah, it's about late. Um, the, Lindsay Lohan, not uh, Emma. Uh, what's her name? Big Eyes, bitch. Late. No, it was um, Laura Laura Loveless. Is, I think. It's no, no, no. But that uh, who girl for Mean from, Girls? No. Oh, uh, Lindsay Lohan. No, no. It wasn't Lindsay no. Lohan. The Big Eyed Girl. Oh, uh, uh, Sigma Freed. No, no Amanda Freed. Amanda Freed. Yeah. Sigma Freed. Yeah, that's who Sigma I meant. Freed. It's no. like in a, Combination of Sigmund Freud and Amanda Seyfried. That's exactly for literally a Freudian slip right there, right? Oh, that was very well played. Well played. Amanda Seyfried. Yeah, I've seen that movie. Well, actually, I've seen her OG shit too, like the actual porn. Not speaking oh, of porn, well, but I seen that. oh, I'm a huge porn guy. I love porn. Yeah, actually, that's a pretty good movie. It's that's not bad. A very good movie. It's not bad. It ain't too bad at all. It ain't bad. It, well, it's, it's the just best, but it's it's good. Well, the way I feel about biopics is like uh, it's kind of like uh, it's 
unoriginal for the obvious reasons, and it's not like you're seeing something it did like go creative. Too fast, though, in the timeline. Oh, you yeah. think so? Like, yeah. Well, it's not like they're gonna do. I mean, someone's life, so you don't expect like a five-parter or something like that, you know? So yeah, so that was a very good movie. I saw that. Yeah, you liked it. I liked it. That's a what? I think she did good. Um, her character was good. She did really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I did think it went by too fast. I didn't like. They didn't talk about um, what happened after. Like they just skipped. Like they showed she ran. Yeah. She was in her hotel room. Kind of like all of a sudden, the next episode is where she's like getting a phone call. Kind of like the Bible, her. right? Yeah. Like Jesus. Oh. You don't think so? Yeah. When he disappears. Well, for eighteen years, I'm just saying eighteen years of <laughs> Jesus Christ. Years. Twelve to thirty. The third. That's some pretty shitty storytelling. <laughs> pretty bad story. <laughs> he appears in China and then comes back. Uh, I well, there's rumors uh, that he went all over around when he was missing 18 years, and there's actually a theory that he was in Mexico. Uh, yeah. This is actually a Mormon theory that he was, and he was thought of by the Aztecs as the you know Quetzalcoatl. You know, he was the re- rebirth, re- rebirth version of him, and they they interpreted him as that. Oh. This is actually a Mormon theory. Who's you know? Like I said, this is all just you know theories. I didn't and know that one. Yeah, yeah. They thought he was the Aztec god reincarnated, and uh, he went and spread his message. And then, That's a lot like, of hippies. Well, of hippie bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a good movie. And then what else can we do with TV recently? Oh, Grace. Um, Grace Kelly movie. Mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman played her. Really Nicole Kidman played her. That can make sense. She is. She Nicole Kidman does have that classic Hollywood feel to mm-hmm. herself. So Absolutely. it was a very good movie too. I, I like how they. Where, where are, you, are you watching these on Netflix? Hulu? I like Netflix. Yeah. So are you going through random movies on Netflix and um, do that type not of thing? Random movies, mm-hmm. but movies that I they're suggested to see, for. You. Mm-hmm. That I wanted to see. That but I how'd you hear about in you know like Lovelace or the Grace Kelly film? Well, my mom's a big. She loves everything to do with the royals. So if you old Hollywood have, type shit. No royals. The royal Royalty. family. Anything to do with the royals. So she. Like if you but she knows question, she'll never be royal, right? Of course. Yeah, no. <laughs> of course. She's no. royalty to it's me. A, it's a lord's song. Yeah. <laughs> and so you can ask her any question about anything at all. Yeah. Anything to do with the royals of Monaco, anything to do with Hanover, whatever uh-huh. England. Yeah. Anywhere. You can ask her and yeah. she'll tell Indonesia. you dates. Yes, even Indonesia. Okay. And she'll tell you dates and times and months and who marry who and who had these kids and things. Yeah. So to her. Whose ancestral kids they yes, were. who they had an affair <laughs> with and all that. So um, she told me, oh, I want to see this movie so badly. I'm like, oh, I think it's on Netflix. So what, which, which film? Grace Kelly. Grace Kelly film. Okay. And so we sat down and we watched it mm-hmm. together. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, actually, what was the original topic we were talking about before we led into like uh, to go to like when maybe like a movie or yeah. Uh, so that was <laughs> we started a little bit. So let me redirect the same question to you, Lofi. Like, uh, is there any time where, or even like I said, a concert, or music, or even an event where you want to be the age you are now? You know, you and you go back in time to to just see the you know that kind of thing, just in in person happen. Or be there for that experience, you know? I know, just, like, off the top of, like... I know there's probably, like, a million things right. that I could think of, you know? Yeah. Just the months, but the only one that comes to mind right now would be, uh... Igor Stravinsky's, uh... Oh. Oh, that's not what I was thinking. Uh, Jimi Hendrix. But uh, oh. go ahead, go ahead. Oh, yeah. like, Woodstock or something? Yeah, I mean, exactly. That's, that's definitely up there, you know, but... <laughs> Woodstock 69? 100%, yeah. Um, it's uh, Igor Stravinsky's like premiere of mm-hmm. his uh, piece. I know, ex- I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. uh, yeah. we did have that conversation, and I went and looked it up. The the Fantasia piece, 
and it was pretty amazing. Oh no, that, that was a different one. That was uh. Who, Icarus Ranch, who? Which piece are you talking about? Uh, the Rite of Spring. Isn't that the same one that was on that thing or no? No, no, uh, the one that I told. Is it yeah. the one about like the, there's a girl that he liked and then he like sat her like in the middle of like the entire theater? The piece. So, yes. Yeah. yeah absolutely. That Is was, that the one you're talking about? No, no, no. That okay. was a different one. Okay. But, I mean, I would have loved to have been there too. You <laughs> could make like a freaking soap opera or something like that. Hundred you know? percent. I'm sure. Not a soap opera, but an opera uh, opera. You know what I mean? Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But just um, the Rite of Spring specifically. Okay. Uh, I know you're familiar with it. It's um, if you've seen Fantasia, yes, it is the dinosaur sequence. Oh no, no, that's the exact same thing I was talking about because that's the conversation that we were talking about. So what was the other one? The one that was the rebellion that that they they caused an uproar and because oh, of the music. Yeah, they write it. That's what I was talking oh, about. Yeah, okay, that's okay, what I had okay, looked gotcha. up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so thinking, like, we were thinking about the same okay. thing. You, uh, you probably talk. I do this to Jackie all the time when she's like. Uh, Sort of, we had a conversation. I was like, "No, that was a different boyfriend." <laughs> you know, like, "Oh no, that's not me." You know, you must have been talking to your other boyfriend or something. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. That's what I looked oh, up. Okay. I, re- I remember looking up that th- from uh, from Fantasia because I remember being so fascinated. Like, well, I wonder why why did this cause such an uproar and that kind of thing. And then you, you kind of have to place yourself in that mindset back right. then, right. where it's like it's igniting an emotional response out of fucking like an, uh, just nothing with. It was just instruments, you know, that kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. just bringing up, like, uh, you know what? It's like, a very lovely piece. Well, it's just, like, um, the only other time I could compare it to is, like, have you heard Lover Man by, um, by uh, uh, what's his face? Um, Charlie Parker and Dizzy Gillespie. They do this song called Lover Man, and uh-huh. on the piano, you have, oh, excuse me, on the, it's on the piano, you have Dizzy Gillespie and Charlie Parker, obviously on trumpet and saxophone. You have uh, jazz musicians, this is all jazz musicians. You have Max Roach on the drums, and you have Thelonious Monk on the piano. And they do this, you know, um, you know. first of all, those are all in their field. Nobody else, name, I dare you to name me somebody else better in their fields. You can't, right? But they're doing this piece called Loverman where it's one of those things. It, it feels like you're walking, it feels like you're in the movie Taxi Driver with Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. And you're walking down the streets of New York, a slum New York, you know, like mm. a sleazy New York. Uh, Madison, uh, I mean, I'm Times Square before in 1980, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, and you have this feel like, and, you, and the whole time you're thinking like, uh, you just got dumped by your girlfriend. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, this is all <laughs> instrumental. This is all, non, right, right, you know, right, this right. all, um, you know, it's jazz music. And, and it makes you feel like that. It makes you feel like you just got done by your girlfriend. It makes you feel like you're the lowliest guy in the world. And it makes you feel like it's, but it's still comforting in a way. Is that easy to, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I get you. Like I said, Lover Man, though. It's just one of the amazing pieces. That's the only time I could ever, where I ever felt something where it was like purely instrumental with non lyrics, where it just affected. So you would like to go back at that time and be there. Oh no no! I want to go to the Woodstock '99. The Woodstock. Yeah, or or no doubt when they were playing non no sh- shows that nobody went to, <laughs> when there's like five people in the audience, I want to be there for that. That's what I want. Oh, I saw those pictures. Remember those pictures? Uh huh. From their show from like. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, eighty-seven. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, like uh, that's what I want to be there for. That. That's for me. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, before you went on this <laughs> like ten-minute rant. You had said that you wanted to be there for like a Charlie Chaplin film, like in premiere, like a Nickelodeon, right? That's what you wanted to be there for. That's kind of cool. And it's it has your mom obviously is a big influence on what what you like even to this day, right? That kind of thing. How what did you what did she like present for you as a kid growing up that you enjoyed? Well, actually, you'll be surprised that me and my mother have actually gotten closer, and she has inspired me more at my older years than mm-hmm. my younger years. No, 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 that makes sense a lot. Because even, like, as a younger kid, you want to be, you're a little bit more rebellious, no, so you have your arms crossed. Not only that, but because she 
she's always worked so much that I have to spend time or see her the way I do in the past. Yeah, but now especially that you guys work together, you guys have a developed uh, a relationship where it's constantly having you know, that kind of thing. Oh yeah, we'll talk about anything and she'll get mad at me and I'll get mad at her. And talk about boys. In the end, we'll. Were you talking about boys? No, we never. We've never had a conversation about boys. So you don't know what kind of man she likes. I, I don't. So me. <laughs> okay. And I don't think I would like. I don't know. Why? That is not something I want to know. Oh, I would want to know. Really? Yeah, hundred percent. You want to know about my mom or your mom? No, well, I, well, I'm more my mom. You know that kind of thing. You're like, oh, like I wouldn't mind. Like, oh, cool. That's it's it's interesting. You're like, oh, the kind of guy that she would be into now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? As you know, whatever year old woman. Well, yeah. I, I don't ask those questions. Oh, okay. lady doesn't tell. No. <laughs> Gentlemen never ask. Yeah, lady right. Never tells. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she's a very very loving person, and she me a lot the past three years. Oh, okay, cool. So, re- very recently, is that how long you've been working with her? Three yeah. years? So, so I spend most time with her. Yeah. yeah. So, you graduated from your cosmetology school around the age of 24, and you went straight to working with her and that kind yeah. of thing? Okay. So, you, okay, that's interesting. What were you doing before that? Before that, I was in real estate, termites, loans. Um, Which state were you in that was real? Both. No, okay. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, And um, modifications, um, TC, transaction coordinating receptionist. What's that one, TC? TC is um, when you buy a house, um, somebody has to take care of all the paperwork and mm-hmm. put it in a certain, assemble it in a certain way. So that was my job. I had to mm-hmm. prepare the package and I would have to make sure the dates were all correct. And did you like that kind of stuff or were you? I did. Yeah. I did. I I um, had an ex-boyfriend that his parents were in real estate, mm-hmm. so when I turned 17, they asked me to go work for them, and I did, and something just cut on. When I was 17, oh, I don't right. remember that. Yeah, that's a very good beer. That's a very good beer. Yeah, that's a Simpsons reference. Or, that's yeah, pretty cool. So, it's been uh, a while. Alright, that's alright. Luffy, do you remember any having any... Um, Jobs growing up as a teenager that you actually liked and you would like if you made more money at it or if you if you didn't need to worry about money that you would have kept going for that kind of thing. Um, definitely not Baskin Robbins. That's surprising to me because I love you ice cream, Baskin you know. Robbins? Yeah, that was my first job. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. When I was a teenager. Yeah, that was my first. My first chubby? gig. Did you have I was any? Chubby. Did you have any jobs where like you wanted to like man I I, I want to do this for the rest of my life even if money wasn't an issue that kind of thing. Um. Well, I guess when I was uh, working for Long Beach Unified. I, you know, that's the one I thought of, too, because you were, like, a teacher assistant for, for, yeah, for teachers, elementary yeah. school kids, yeah, which is different than any other kind of, you know. Yeah. Because middle school different. kids are assholes. Oh, teenage kids are arrogant. Bad. But uh, mm-hmm. elementary school, I, I, I you know, I, I thought that would be it, because that seems cool to me, like, working with little kids. Yeah, and, it, it was cool. Where the know, world um, is still new, you know. Even though it, it, there were still those moments, you know, where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, man, you're lucky I'm not your dad. <laughs> oh really? Oh, there were still those the like that cooties trailer. <laughs> oh yeah, just like that. Man. <laughs> if you guys, if you guys, it's a f- new new movie out right now, but check it out, please. It's called Cooties. It's a horror film, but um, but it's a horror comedy, I guess you say. Mm-hmm. My son, ironically, not ironically, because if you know my son, is not ironic at all. But my son, my seven year old son, is the one that was telling me about it, and then I really ended up enjoying. it. It's pretty good. Elijah Wood and Rain Wilson star in it. So. Oh, I think I've heard of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, check it out if you get a chance. Um, you know, like I said, it's on demand right now, and uh, maybe a couple months from now it'll be on Netflix. You know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you know, that's the funny thing about like, uh, like I felt that horror films are the original indie flicks. You know, mm-hmm. like if you ever look at those old school horror movies from the seventies. Uh, they were really low budget, and they were doing what they could with practical special effects. Like B movies. Yeah, like they really were B movie. You know, B movies are the OG indie flicks. You know mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. Before we got all artsy fartsy with it, like they, it's these directors and writers doing what they, producers too, doing what they could with no name actors, and you know that it's just you know but, practical special effects type shit. Uh, Edward. Uh, oh yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh huh. Yeah, absolutely right. That, and Martin Lando. That whole movie is about, uh, or no, was it Christopher Lee or Martin? No, Martin Lando. Yeah, it was Martin Lando, yeah. That whole movie is about like, notoriously making the worst film of all time, right. Ed Wood. And then, uh, but the way he would do it, it was there was a process even to, to making shitty films, you know right, what I mean? Right. And it was still interesting. It was so, so fascinating, you know? I, I mean, that, I like that. That was know? a good one. That was yeah, good. old school indie mm-hmm. flicks. That's, what, I, that's how I feel horror movies were, you know? Yeah. Maybe they're not as scary as the real, as the ones now. I thought they were a lot scarier back then. Yeah, some, some of them hold up. I some, think so. some of them hold up. Some of I've seen. I mean, there's, give or take. I'm not going to be the one that's like, oh, back then, every movie. No, right. some of them were, but I'm just saying, some of them hold up, and some of them were uh, created enough to where, like, damn, that's, it gives you this vibe where, or right. this feel where it's like, mm, that's good. It's a little heavy hearted. Not that, not that there's not some so new ones that give you that too. I do want to see, but kind of horror, uh, would have to be H.H. Holmes. Oh, that's not that new. That that's been no, out for no, a minute. But the yeah. new one. Oh, there's a new one. There's He's new America's first year killer. DiCaprio. If you're not familiar with him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Yep. Come out with that one. I Wait, have... are you talking about the wilderness one? No, H. H. Holmes, the guy that owned the hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's already one on Net- on Netflix. Yeah, that's, yeah. I'm, I'm okay, cool. It. Yeah. I seen a documentary. So they're remaking one with, because I didn't know this, if that's what you're talking about. They're yeah. making it with Leo DiCaprio. Ooh, that's so interesting. I'm actually very very excited to see. With the new special effects and everything, yeah, like a modern day take mm-hmm. of it. Somebody that gave more than uh, you know, 100 like 10 grand, <laughs> but yeah, I'm really excited for that one. Cool, man. Yeah, I didn't even know that. I'll definitely check that out when that comes out. He's that new flick coming out, um, that's based on a true story, him and Tom Hardy, and it's a wilderness one. Hmm. And if you don't know, I forgot the name of the film, excuse me, Lewis and Clark, <laughs> yeah, I'll close almost heroes, right? right. <laughs> no, but it's um. Uh, it's based on true story, and the the cool thing is that I know the true story because the true story is part of this you know top five list, not a top ten. This one's a top five list of uh-huh. most badass men that ever existed. One of those kind of lists. With Johnny Depp? No. Uh-uh. And it's like uh, this is a guy like the story that made this the Leonardo DiCaprio's plane. The story that made him badass is he was attacked and mauled by a bear and left for dead. And I'm talking about like guts, like guts spilled out everywhere, that type of shit. And well, he anyways, he ends up like um, putting his shit back inside himself, ends up fixing himself up, ends up crawling like over like for two and a half days, crawls to like civilization or or any kind of city where he can like uh, get patched up for reals with a real doctor, gets himself fixed up. Goes back, hunts that same bear, kills the bear, and survives, and lives to tell about it. Like one of these like crazy badass oh, wilderness motherfuckers. Based on story. Yes, and that's part. I, it has to be part of the incident that um, where the movie takes place. And there's actually the movie is <laughs> the movie. Takes, there's a lot of more stuff going on, and but uh, it's one of those things like oh my god, like you know I know this, I know this, I've heard of this. I really got, I want to see the movie. And he, to me, he's turned the leaf, Leonardo DiCaprio, where. 
there's something going on lately where I don't know whether it's because he hasn't received an Oscar yet, but he's really stepping up his notch with like the roles he's taking, the performances he's Which giving. I'm very sad he hasn't gotten an Oscar because he's a really good actor. I mean, shit, mm-hmm. yeah, Scorsese barely got an Oscar for The Departed, maybe you know whatever. A years ago. Yeah, yeah, and he, you know, he had been making fucking gold since the seventies, you know. So sometimes I feel like these Oscars. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I mean, watch them. I get so mad every time I watch them. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I haven't watched uh, full Oscars. You know, I don't know. Maybe since I was so a long kid. Now it's more about the music now than the actual actors. Well, there's not really too much music on Oscars. There but you're, is. you're talking about award shows in general. Well, I just don't like the award shows anymore. It's just. You mean because they're like so focused on like the live performances from like musicians yeah. instead of like okay. Yeah, I mean that doesn't apply to the Oscars, but you mean the Grammys or something or MTV Music Awards, right? Those same people win and win over and over and over Mm -hmm. again. It's like, come on, like. Like they have their favorites and everybody else. Like everybody else gets screwed over. That's. I mean, that's that's going away now. You know what I mean? Like old Hollywood, that type of thing is going away now. So Mm -hmm. you're starting to get a resurgence of like new blood type thing, you know. But um, you know, sometimes it's just that everybody knows that it's not going to be about what they say the it qualifies for an award and quote unquote you know it, everybody knows now like a real performance like the inter- with the internet's changing everything you have the opinions of people on slaves they're like oh my god you guys gotta see this movie it's a fucking amazing who cares if it didn't want Oscar or not like check this movie out you know yeah, there's many movies I think should have won Oscars that are amazing and you have a voice and you can say that on your social media and now you can hashtag something and it becomes trending so that's what I'm saying Mo. like now the award show like you gotta keep look you go throw back on when it started you didn't have any of that now mm-hmm. people are telling you what was what? Oh my God, this movie's good. Well, it must be won an Oscar. You don't have that anymore. Now you have the fact you have the internet and you have the, you have you know it. It kind of makes awards irrelevant now because now you have the people talking for like you guys gotta check out this movie. It's fucking amazing. Or the vice versa. Like, dude, this don't listen. Don't buy into the advertisement. This right, movie right. sucks. This, this movie's so shitty. That kind of thing. You know. Like the exposure is more direct. You know? Exactly, because it's giving you right away content. You know, so for you to be able to react or. Exactly. Uh huh. Exactly. Should I watch this movie? Yeah. Yeah. See, I think that's more like it's almost like a a, a real lifetime a people's choice awards type mm-hmm. of thing, but it's acting in real time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, our award season is coming. Hmm? Award season is coming. Mm. So. Yeah. What do you guys want to know about me? What's your shoe size? Oh, I'm big. She said. <laughs> she said that. She said. Oh man. <laughs> That's what she said. Well, Peggy Hill had big feet. Oversized clay, <laughs> undersized dick. <laughs> Next thing you know. <laughs> I'm a size seven and a half. In women's. Women. So that's only you know five and a half in men. It's still big for a woman. Is it? I mean, I wouldn't know. I guess mm. if you say so. Uh, but he was just joking. He yeah, was just. I was. <laughs> he wasn't being literal. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll, what the fuck is that? Oh, that's like it. Oh. <laughs> 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 All right, let's got new topics uh, come out. Oh, man. Seinfeld episodes. Are you a big fan of Seinfeld or no? I see them usually late at night at 12. <laughs> yeah, from time to time. Nice, nice. <laughs> Loaf, have you, uh, you're a big fan of those. Uh, but the same thing, do you watch those on the regular? Oh, uh, yeah. Like, um,. I used to watch it on Crackle. Mm-hmm. Because he used 100%. to have them on Crackle. Like, Absolutely. Way back when. 
And then I guess just recently they put them on Hulu. Hulu, yep. Hulu, Hulu has them. So mm-hmm. I've just been, that's what I watch on my lunch before I take a nap. That's awesome. Anything recently that stood out to you? Uh, just the one where they get the sitcom, the show about nothing. Oh, when they actually, yeah. They're just trying to write. Uh, it's funny because their uh, George's parents are making fun. I'm like, what are you gonna do? I'm like, I'm, not, I'm the writer. I'm the head writer. Like, what do you, what do you know about writing? I'm like, I don't gotta know nothing. It's just you know. Like, <laughs> 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 what does the writer really do? You know, you know, I like, like a, the one with the bra, with the men bra. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that one. Um, uh, Jerry's Kramer. dad, right? He tries to like, cause he, you know, he. Like, feels... Wasn't it Kramer that gave it to them? Yeah, but <laughs> but uh, Jerry's dad is the one who's like really like uh, oh, wearing yeah. it, or whatever. No, not Jerry's dad. Uh, George's dad, Costanza's dad. Yeah, absolutely. That was a funny episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's funny how like you have those sitcoms. You know, Seinfeld is really a specific sitcom where you can say like, "Oh, remember that when this specific thing happened." And like they say, it's funny because they claim the show it's a show about nothing, but every episode it's something where like you instantly recognize it. You know, mm-hmm. like oh, you remember that the the woman hands episode, or you remember the masseuse episode, or you know what I'm saying? Like it's all about something. You know, ironically, right? Can't you? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was just watching the one uh, where I guess um, George, like he stops by his parents' house to drop off the car. Yeah, and he's like, oh, nobody was home. And yeah, my mom I had a glamour magazine right yeah. there, and and what? You know, <laughs> I was alone. <laughs> Is that how the bet started? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how that's the bet started. That's the bet episode, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. That is funny, man. That was pretty good. I heard that was loosely based on a true story. Like someone, uh, you know, what's his face? Um, um, uh, Larry David really had that bet one time or whatever. Oh, so really? Like, uh huh. Yeah, that's funny, man. That was. I've been watching Friends lately. The beginning, yeah. How do you like it? The beginning was weird, it's so bad to me. It's so bad. The beginning is really well, even anything like honestly. I remember watching that show, it is the beginning was bad. No, 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 no. the beginning was bad. That's all, no, 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 it's not a bad show, yeah, it's pretty bad. No, it's not. The beginning is bad, Uh just by being you mean the first like eight seasons, right? The first (laughs) eight episodes, oh, eight episodes, okay, that's a joke. But it's a true? very bad show in the beginning. I just not like they're not settling to the characters right. They're no, still trying to figure it find out. its way, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But it turned out to be the most amazing show ever. No, it didn't. Yeah, it did. Hundred percent, you're wrong. Hundred percent, right? You think so? What do you like about it? <laughs> um, let's see. Explain. Explain, explain your. First. Explain your point. Maybe it's something I would like friends like that. I don't know. You would like friends like they're all yes. assholes. They're not assholes. All of them. True assholes to each other. Yeah, hundred percent. They're assholes to each other, <laughs> and they're assholes to everybody they're in around. They're all they're self. being an asshole. A bitter Bible. Don't be an asshole. No, um, I don't know how to answer that question. Was that a serious question? Or <laughs> what's wrong with being an asshole? Well, pretty self-explanatory. Only shit comes out of you, so. <laughs> I think that it has been You're a full of shit show. For sure Huh? I think it's been a very good show Okay, cool And I love Phoebe She's my favorite character I think She's the worst one for sure She's the most hilarious one She's the most self-centered And the she most arrogant herself. Yeah, she does And she's the most arrogant Yeah Okay, fine Let's see I also like mm-hmm. Monica Okay Monica's very normal not really, but you know, I mean, I, I honestly, they are like look at you. Uh, if you want to really get detail with all the characters, they're really all um, selfish, selfish people uh, who only care about themselves 
even around their friends, and they ignore everybody who's like a around their life type of thing. And it's it's curious to look at the look at those episodes again, or look at just look at their lives again with fresh eyes. And it's and it's interesting how like yeah, damn, these people are so fucking self righteous. Like it's annoying almost, you know. And it's hard to laugh at anything they say because it's all well. Anyways, trying to laugh at anything with a laugh, trying to watch anything with a laugh track, it's hard, hard. It's just like damn, you're forcing a joke, and it's just not okay, there. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's just not there. You're forcing a joke. Anything with they a laugh. laugh you laugh. Yeah, and it no. Well, they laugh, and now you want me to laugh. It's almost like now you're fuck obligated you. because they. Yeah. It's oh, like, is that where the punchline is? Oh, okay, thanks. I'm like fuck you. Right. Like that wasn't funny, and it's audacious of the writers, or you know, to to assume that for us, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. Anyways, that's one of those shows that I look back at and like, like man, how did I ever try to you know like I didn't see I wasn't a religious follower of the show, but I did see a lot of episodes where like oh okay. I look back at it now with different eyes, and it's just like, oh my god, what the fuck was I thinking? Sandy Frank? That's Sandy, Sandy Frank? Frank? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of shit. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. It's curious. You know what? Uh, um, before we get go into a different topic, we got to give our props to our friend Christian, Christian Ramirez. Oh, absolutely. He was a guest on our episode, episodes 23 and 24, I believe. Was it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he made our logo for us, and I don't think we ever brought that up on the episode. But uh, he's he's a he's a you know he's an artist. He likes comics. And he's a big he's a big uh, Batman fan, DC fan. He's more of a DC guy than anything. But he created our logo for us um, that that you see on our Instagram. Actually, let's bring that up to uh, Loaf. We have an Instagram now, right? Oh yeah, uh, made us an Instagram. Let's see, just go down the list. And it's in snooze and booze with the actual um, snooze and booze one word. Snooze and uh, booze. All letters. Uh, a and D. Not the ampersand. No, A&D, okay. Yes. A&D. So snooze, snooze and booze. A and D. Check it out on Instagram, on Twitter, on uh, what else we got? I see, uh, made us a Tumblr, we're on Facebook. The whole nine of the social media. Yeah, I made us a Snapchat. Yeah, Snapchat. And I made us a kick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the kick? Oh, it's KIK, right? KIK, yeah. Um, um, the whole, you know, for for, Sna- for Snapchat and KIK and Tumblr, it's uh, X rated, so beware. No, it's yeah. not. <laughs> but wait. it will be. It will be, no. And SFW, um, guys. Come absolutely. But the logo, the main logo for all that is the one that um, Christian Ramirez given props. Thank you very much, Chris, because he's a you know he's a follower of the fan, uh, follower of the show, and he's a fan that he made our logo for us. So I want to give him props now and a little shout out. And we're gonna have him back as a guest, you know, pretty soon. So uh, moving on from that, let's go to um, oh, the Pope was in town recently. Oh, what do you guys was. think about that? Like just uh, him visiting America for the first time, type of thing. Hmm. It would have been cool to be there, but I didn't really follow anything. I don't really know anything. That Almost the same thing. It would have been cool to be Catholic, and I guess I would have given a shit more right, of a shit. Exactly. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm a little bit. Yeah. Are you are you Catholic, Christine? I'm not Catholic. Uh-huh. My mother is. Okay. And so we're at the salon, and she was all over it, and I was, well, how to be there, watching it all. Um, pretty impressive that he he um he wanted to go to the bad areas. Mm-hmm. Badass areas. Badass mm-hmm. areas. Yeah. Well, you know, before he became pope, or before he used to be a uh, bouncer at nightclubs in uh, was it Argentina, something like that. Okay. Yeah, but anyways, before he got into the priesthood, he used to be a bouncer. So he has like, a, like a dip in the t- a toe, a dip in the toe of the whole nightlife type thing. So he knows what's up. Where he's not air, he's not a dumbass. You know, he knows, he knows what's really he's going human. on. Yeah, he, he wasn't sheltered. You know right. that kind of thing. Yeah. So apparently, everybody loves him. Thinking he's the best pope ever. Well, I, 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 well, me being like, um, what's that? Catholics love him. 
Yeah, no, no. I mean, even non-Catholics, like from all the podcasts I know, I listen to, most of them are just like, "Oh, this guy's not a dumbass." Oh, cool. Like, and and I feel the exact same way. You know, I'm not obviously I'm not Catholic and I'm not religious, and I feel like he's pretty progressive and he knows what's up and he has a good head on his shoulder type of thing. You know, he's not condemning fucking gays. He's not condemning. He actually thinks it's progressive. Like, oh yeah, it's modern day kind of way of looking at it. Love you. Just like, uh, like I think what separates him is that he has the ability to be objective. 100%. You know, just in general. That's important know? of every leader. But can, most of our leaders, political or religious, don't have that Don't have that yeah. ability. And that's kind of fucked up. Most parents don't have that ability, mm-hmm. really. They don't have the ability to be... <laughs> not, I mean, all of us, right? Yeah, right. Or for Medell's type thing. But they don't have the ability to be objective. And that's super important because that gives you a different perspective on what you're trying to teach. Because you have to be able to say, like... This is how I feel. This is why I believe, and I'm teaching you what's right from wrong. But it may be bullshit, and I may be wrong. Because they don't want to communicate with um, everybody. Well, nobody wants. No, no, I'm just talking like leaders or parenting in general. Like nobody wants to admit that. Like no, no fucking parent wants to admit or tell their kid like, hey, I'm trying to teach you this, but it might be bullshit or it might be wrong. Just so you know, you know what I mean. No one's giving that leeway, which is, it's kind of fucked up because you want to you want to be like, look, I want to raise my kids. Knowing the difference between right and wrong, but also being loose with it, being fluid, more like water, like Bruce, Bruce yeah. Lee said, but I'm very just um, adaptable, you know, like, hey, this is how I feel, you know, this is what I think is right and wrong, it may change, just so you know, it may change, so don't look at it as a mandate or as an actual belief structure, you right, know, right. that kind of thing, like, you know, who knows years from now, or, you know, how times change, that may be different, and I be and I be me wrong, you know. But this is how I feel at this time, right now, and this is what I'm trying to teach you. Mm-hmm. And I think if more people did that, like I said, like the Pope is very adaptable mm-hmm. to modern society. That's why I feel like he's yeah. represent. He's a good representation. You don't even get that from politicians these days, you know. Oh, Which is fuck, you know. I mean, you know, leaders, leaders, whatever the medium is, you know, politicians or religious leaders, they're all full of shit. But that, for the most part, is just because they're not adaptable to current, you know, societies or current right. statuses. He happens to be a little bit, but he's still, you know, he's still full of shit on a lot of different issues. This current pope, whatever. But he's better than we've ever gotten before. It's kind of like America, right? It's a step in the right direction. Exactly. That's a better, yeah. better way to put it. A step better. in the right, a step in the right direction. Yeah. He's doing better. I, I love him. I, I do. Oh, do you? I you love him. him? I love him. I adore him. Really? I do. Why? Why? I just, I, I think he's. You think he? You think he would like the current season of Friends? Like, no, I don't think so. He'd call them assholes. <laughs> Anyways, I think he's very—he's doing a very good job uh-huh. at trying to communicate with the people and just—he's just doing a good job. I think he is. He's not a dick. He's not a That's dick. all you gotta really say. Like, oh, he, for him being a good pope, which makes the other popes look just even more fucking assholes. Like, he's very approachable. He seems like he's very exactly. Approachable. He got rid of that fucking bullshit throne. He realized, like, oh my god, we're being douchebags. Like, no, I don't need this shit. He's like the cool yeah. substitute teacher. Yeah, that's exactly what he is. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, he's a cool substitute. What'd you gotta be? You know, I don't know. That's how I feel about that stuff. Like. Mm. But he, 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 you know, like I said, he's the best we got. He's better than we've had in a long, long time. The dope Pope. <laughs> Have you seen that that um um that thing on Facebook? That, I don't know what they're called, where it has a picture of the Pope and say, "Prison down like six oh four. A meme. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, what is it called? Prison down my on my six six four. Six four. 
Cruising uh, to the street in my 6'4", oh, yeah, the easy lyric. Oh, okay, sure. And it says, um... Huh? Oh, my God, how did it go? I find it now. It's so funny. <laughs> okay, I'll, 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 I'll fix this. Is it the Pope inside of... Our new sound mixer, Lofi. Thank you very much. Oh, so no, is it is it, it is it the Pope inside a Nintendo 64 writing this down the street? Because oh. that's funny. Yeah, that was, I made that meme up for sure. No. Cool, dead air. Is that the Eric Preaching writing? to the hose or something. <laughs> Preaching to the hose in my six foe. Slapping the bitches on my golden throne. Something like that? No. no? All right. Well, go ahead and find that shit. <laughs> Lovey, I was telling you recently I came back from uh, Cincinnati. Yes, sir. I was over there, and I was telling you about how awesome the architecture was. Mm. And uh, just gave me that old-time feeling. Anyways, I was down there for uh, for work, but I got a chance to check out one of the games, one of the baseball games. Oh, okay. You go down there, that's the thing. Like, It's like, going to, it's like going to Canada and watching a hockey game. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly, the Reds. Uh-huh. Reds are playing St. Louis Cardinals, that kind of thing. It was really cool, but um, um, I went there with my buddy John, John Wilson. He's I work with him from time to time. Like he lives in Texas, and um, I think the last time I worked with him before Cincinnati was in Texas. So it uh, we're part of this traveling crew that you know we go. So oh, okay. so every now anything like anything like Midwest or East Coast, like uh, I'll see them. You know, I'm part of the I'm 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 running the California thing, but whenever oh, I go okay, that way, okay. you know, so it's. It's kind of running in the same circles. Yeah, I'll see these guys. Kind so anyway, get it, I get it. yeah, you know, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you know, my buddy John, John Wilson, um, he, we were at the, we went to a game together, and it was cool because it was like uh, it was being at a baseball game. The way it felt like it, it could have been like fifty years ago. You know what I mean? Huh. It, it was really really interesting. It, part of that was because there was extreme amount of white people. If you know what I mean, and it wasn't just like white people, but it was like white people over sixty. You know, oh, okay. that's the most I've seen like in a non like uh, Not old like people home. Home Exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, but it was cool. It was, it was fun, with the exception of there was a douchebag fucking couple that were like they're seeing a few girls in front of us, and it was the weather was a little rough, so it was raining a lot. But mm-hmm. they had this giant umbrella. It was honestly, it was ridiculous. It was, it wasn't just a regular bread. It was one of those. It was almost like a something you'd have. Like they stole it from a table outside, like a hot dog place. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh my god. But they have it on for like almost two innings, and and then it got to the point. Like keep in mind, me and my buddy are drinking, and he he drinks almost as much as I do. So he's one. You know, you know, we got a little bit more uh, brave, as they say. You know, like uh, liquid courage type of thing. But the guy's like, no shit, he's being a complete douchebag and not being considered. It's like if Abraham Lincoln went to a movie theater and sat like in the third row in front of you, you know, with this big ass hat. Right, right, right. And it's like we're watching the game and we start being loud about it. We're like, hey, uh, oh, no. yeah, we're, we're oh, like, oh, oh shit, oh, we're being loud and we're like, oh shit, John, did you see that triple play right now? He's like, no, Steve, I didn't, because there's a big ass umbrella <laughs> right in front of us. <laughs> and we're like literally like yelling it loud, and we're not even get like we're barely getting like uh like you can you know because umbrellas in their way, so we can't see if they're looking like oh man fuck you guys, we can't even see that. But dude, we were ragging on them like we're saying shit like that all the time. Like no, every punchline was nope because there's a big ass umbrella <laughs> right in front of us. That's why you know that kind of shit. Like holy shit, did you see that? Oh, whoop, whoop. oh uh, I think even once we said like oh shit. 
hey, John, did you see the new movie that was out last week with Mission Impossible 4? He's like, nope, because there's a big ass brother. <laughs> like, every punchline was that thing. And eventually, they finally fucking took it down. And keep in mind, it's sprinkling. It's drizzling barely. Nobody else in the whole audience or the stands has an umbrella. It's yeah, just this douchebag. Whatever it was. They were being douchebags. <laughs> dude, they were being douchebags and I was I was not letting them off the hook, man. We were keep going they, for it. They have got hair today. Man, I, well then they're taking the abuse. Please. They're taking the abuse, man. But it was one of those things. <laughs> I don't know. Are you guys <laughs> ever gone to any like uh, recently? Have you guys gone some are you guys into sports or anything like that? Um Maybe a little bit. Uh, I mean, I watch it. If you take me to a bar and you want to watch a game, I watch it with you. I won't mm-hmm. I'll get into it. But you're not into a team or well, a person specifically. I have a team for each one, but just because I, when they ask me who, I'm like, oh, I like this team, but not like to say I follow them like passionately at every yeah. season. But right, so you have teams for each. So you're not into sports too much. How about you, Lil Any any sports team you're into, or maybe uh, even like, like a fighters or anything like that? Uh, not specific. Like, like maybe like I don't know, like Kings Parade. Oh yeah, well that's all. That. I mean, celebrations are fun, no matter yeah. what it's for, right? Sure. <laughs> I'm uh, fucking Jewish half the time when I'm going, you know. Oh, Molotov. Oi, give out. You guys remember um, that one scene where uh, in the wedding singer where mm-hmm. Adam Sandler starts doing Jewish Jewish fucking bar mitzvahs, uh, bar mitzvahs uh-huh. and he's like, "Ya was a mishvah." I was just thinking about that scene. <laughs> that song is hilarious. Stuck in my head all day today. I don't really? know why. I just like uh, I'm not even gonna try to sing. I don't know. No, no, no but why, why was? Do you even know? I don't even remember how it came up. <laughs> I think it's just like. Just the random stuff just comes out or like fits of like boredom or just like monotony. I'm at work just hundred percent, hundred percent, yeah. And it just like kind of like chimes in. And I was just like replaying that scene in my head, and just like, all right, take it away, George. And yeah, was just like, what? <laughs> that's like, I mean, that was really one of um, god damn, like why does he make more movies like that? There was a good point where he was making really good solid rom coms, you know, and then it became very formulaic as he got into more recently, like oh, oh like man. Grown Ups is one like you work. Like no, because I'm not 12. You know, like that movie was so fucking retarded. <laughs> That's my boy. Up. That's my boy is easily one of the dumbest movies I've ever seen in my life. Really? Paul Blart? Are you kidding me? You like that movie? He wasn't Paul Blart? No, he's a uh, Happy Madison. Oh, gotcha. But it's just like you're making these movies which are just like, oh, oh dude. Okay, the other day we saw with the kids right okay this is the thing like it was between watching uh no way jose which is a uh, adam goldberg indie flick adam goldberg are you familiar with him yeah he's a really great guy he's a really great guy and um it's pretty funny um um anyways <laughs> fucking super distracted <laughs> the trailer yeah the trailer is really good though but it's an indie flick and i remember like there was like one vote where like, oh, what do you guys want to watch? You guys want to watch this typical fucking comedy? <laughs> and we're like, yeah. And it ended up being like Paul Blart 2. So we ended up watching Paul Blart 2. And honestly, nobody laughed. The only time anybody laughed is when we started making fun of the movie. So like 30 minutes into it when there's no laughs. Little kids. Little kids are thinking this. these jokes are fucking retarded. Uh-huh. Started laughing. <laughs> Started fucking just we just started ringing like there's there's a chubby girl that's a daughter and we just started making fun of her like oh okay I think Jackie made a reference to like wow her uh, her face just looks old and I was just I'm like yeah her body looks obese too <laughs> you know, so, that's the only time we're like dude this movie was so fucking bad 
And it's just like, what happened? Like, just get another chair, Lovie. Just get another chair from the outside. Chrissy, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay, cool. Anyways, going back to my Bob Lart. <laughs> so, if you're listening to this, please do not, whatever you do, do not watch Paul Blart 2 Mall Cop. <laughs> you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Jesus Christ. Okay. For anybody who's wondering what the fuck is going on <laughs> and how distracted I was trying to sing, Miss uh, Cortez over here just fell, <laughs> fell from a sitting chair. Have you guys ever seen that scene in Shallow How where... What are these chairs made of? Yeah. And he's like, uh, steel? <laughs> and, and, and then fucking uh, Jack Black is like, uh, well, get things, things welded better. That literally scene just happened. Christine, you're not an overweight woman. You're not an overweight woman. What the fuck? Are you, what the fuck just happened, dude? Seriously. Get me ready. I was trying to scoot in it. It said, nope, you're going down. <laughs> Thank you 100% for distracting me. Crazy. No, you're right? Yes, I'm fine. All right, cool. We'll have a, have some more wine. Might as well now. Right? Drink it away. Might as well. I'll take it to you. Uh, back to my original point. Anyways, like, the, the Wedding Singer. Um, dude, that was one of those great, great, great films where I thought, like, damn, this is the perfect rom-com. And, and it's enjoyable. It's, it's enjoyable for everybody. Whoever the, uh, the uh, whoever was for it. Whether it was kids, parents, whatever. It was perfect for anybody. Yeah. Because it's like one of those where, remember watching it when, it was like maybe high school when it came out? I think so, 98. Or even before? 98, so junior high for me. Yeah, okay, high school yeah, I was you. in high school. Yeah. But still, like, I could watch it now and I still get a kick out of it. Yeah, it's yeah. almost it's, like it's even more funny. awesome now. It's still funny, yeah. You know? Just because, I don't know, it, it's just kind of like, you know, like a... Like a you get the references now. Or anything, that one you know? song, um, when he's in the airplane with her? Yeah, I was thinking I wanna, about that part today too. I want, I want to grow. This is weird. That I want to grow like, old with you. Yes. Oh mm. my god! I so I want every guy to sing that song to me. Well, it was to be chord, so I'm sure you guys had to sing to you. It's not that hard, right? Uh, I remember Sorry, learning it. it. Yeah, it was Watching easy. Yeah. Over over Actually, over I think over I got the tabs over. from you when I learned it. Oh, did you? Yeah, I sure did. Every guy to sing it to me, please. Somebody sing this damn song yeah. to me. Everybody, you want every guy to tell you, Billy Idol, you better get out the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. You can't talk to Billy Idol that way. <laughs> I might. <laughs> I like with that. He's funny. Dude. Yeah, he was good. I was like, man, I'd like to see him in more movies. Yeah, me too. I like this character. Uh, were there ever any, like... Uh, okay, so that one got your panties wet, right? Were there any <laughs> other, like, scenes or films or movies that you thought, like, God damn, that's the romantic guy I want in for me, like, my oh, life? God. And- of course. Yeah, okay. So, you know. Titanic, even though he died. Jack, you know, what's his name? Jack, what, uh, what's his last name? McAllister? <laughs> no, but that's I funny. Know. I get <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know, but I wanted to be Rose at that oh, couch. Oh, there's somebody to draw me too. Oh, like, shit. There's French girls. Oh, ooh la la. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The notebook, when, the, when it's raining and the that's girl a, runs that, to him. It's still in the yeah, <laughs> it ain't still in over. Yeah, that's actually it's pretty funny because I remember watching that movie when I was uh, living in Oklahoma. This is like in two thousand five, two thousand yeah, yeah, it was around the time. Uh, two thousand five, and I remember like, like uh, it's a good movie, but literally like um, the way it's set up, it's kind of like have you ever been to like a halfway house or a prison? Not been. Uh, I'm sorry. Have you ever seen a documentary where like it's just a bunch of bunk beds? Lined up, mm-hmm. a squad bay. Mm-hmm. Anyways, for anybody non-military, it's a squad. Uh, it's a squad bay. It's just a bunch of racks set up. And I remember, That's like, uh, I was the guy with movies. I was the guy with a hundred movies. You know, and actually, literally a thousand movies. 
and uh, I would put I would put like whatever movie on. It was kind of like a oh you know my dad's got a movie on, and Notebook was one of the ones that like oh I'm gonna put this one up. And we had literally like a, over a dozen guys around my little rack, my little bed, and we're all watching the fucking Notebook. So it's a bunch of fucking like <laughs> fucking Marines, right? You know, and we're watching this shit. We're getting like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, it was funny because um, we're rooting for homeboy, right? Because you are. Yeah. Well, well, number one, number it's between the two guys, right? Yeah. One's an officer, one's enlisted, and we're all enlisted. And enlisted guys are just um, officers. Usually, are the guys who would have the degree already, the college degree, and they're able to because you need to be uh, college educated to be an officer. Mm. Oh. I don't know if you guys do that. Anyways, um, so you do that, right? But all the enlisted men are the guys who go like straight from high school, who do just the rough and stuff. The guys who start from the bottom to the, you know that kind of thing. And then we're like, yeah, man, let's go for the enlisted dude, man. Fuck that other dude, you know? He's an officer, fucking. And we always talk shit on officers because they're generally less like they're pansies more than anything, you, don't do you know. Anything. Yeah, kind of. They tell us what to do, and we do it for them, that kind of thing. Anyway, so I remember, like, I remember literally stepping back and, like, holy shit, there's, like, a dozen Marines. We're all watching the fucking notebook. <laughs> like, here you go, America. This is your, you know, <laughs> you're welcome for our service, that kind of bullshit. You know, like, but it was one of those things. I love, I love that movie, the notebook. It's I a good love movie. That movie. Everything else he's done sucked for me, though. Nicholas Sparks, at least the adaptations have, you know. Mm. Was it, uh, hey John? Was mm-hmm. that Wasn't he at Disney? Um, Disney. I think he. Was he like was Mickey Mouse. Yeah, he used to be the mouse in uh, Disneyland. That was him before he no, started writing. No, he did <laughs> okay. movies for Disney before. I don't I know. I guess. He did one with um skateboarding. Are you talking about Nicholas Sparks? Wait, no. Or are you Ryan talking about Gosling. Ryan Gosling? Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling was a part of the Mickey Mouse Club. Yes. Oh, uh-huh. was so hot. I remember growing up with him. You remember growing up with him? How was that? How was his mom and dad? They were really nice people. Were they? Yeah. What was she like? She she was a little whore. What? The first time I remember Ryan Gosling was uh, Young Hercules. I don't know if you guys remember that series. It lasted Mm -hmm. one season. But he was in that show, Young Hercules. He was, obviously it was a spinoff show of Hercules, Sam Ramai. But, um... I remember I remember seeing him there. I'm like, oh shit, man! That's I remember I was really big into Hercules and Zena, and I remember seeing him and like, oh shit! And when I started seeing him more on the big screen, I'm like, oh shit, that's homeboy, that's little Hercules, you know? And I've never been a big fan of that, you know. Oh, he was so hot. He still is. He's a good actor, yeah. We we I think we mentioned the last few podcasts about you know the believer in oh, that yeah, specific that's... scene. Oh, I saw I I heard that one. Yeah, you heard the podcast? Or you seen the movie? No, I heard, I heard the podcast. I think you said you saw him mm-hmm. and you asked you told him about the movie oh that was, was outside of guitar center yeah yes mm-hmm. and you told him and he's like what like, no, I yeah, well i remember jackie the one we scared him because he was kind of scared when we're like oh and he's like oh, you know like kind of thing and like oh you know jackie's favorite movie is a notebook my favorite movie is the believer where it was like one of those things you know but it's i mean that's kind of the like the cool thing about living in socal kind of like oh you're bound to run into some celebrity here and just there. like the way like the rest of the united states thinks of you know the way life is in southern california yeah if there's like movie stars just walking down the street yeah sometimes like, it happens yeah every now and then that that, that will be you yeah i ran into the kardashians when i was a dish in that one did you kill him i hope no, you no. i didn't i couldn't get close enough so you can say hi so you didn't run into them or anything like that. I, we were um in the carousel mm-hmm. waiting and all of a sudden i just See like a bunch of people screaming. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. Was like, it this, this Chip? Is it Dale? Who is it? Was yeah, it? it's like a mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a Um, And so I, it was our turn to get on. So we got on, and then, you know, you get off, 
you have to go to the exit. Mm-hmm. But we left some things, so we went back to get them. And then when I'm there, it's a bunch of people taking pictures and huddling. And I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? So the girl that, you know, does the whole controlling the ride and stuff, she's like, oh, yeah. it's Kim Kardashian. I'm like, oh, okay. Are you not a fan of the reality shows? No. But you understand they're celebrity, right? They're celebrities. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's like, oh, like, I, if I ever saw them, I'd be like, oh, my God, it's that girl that got fucked by Ray J. Oh, like, oh, my God, pl- can I have your autograph? Oh, wow. I love Ray J. You know what I mean? Doing that. Oh, 100%. 100%. Oh, my God. Not even a question. Not even a question. 100%. Oh, my God. Can I have your autograph? You have such a nice looking pussy. Oh, my God. Like, uh, what? Uh, you know that kind of thing. <laughs> that reality show thing, reality show superstar is just show. so much of um, pretentious bullshit. You know, it's kind of like the way, like, oh, that makes it. That's why ISIS hates us. Oh, that's why the Taliban don't like that. Like, I'm that makes sense. It's it's almost justification for anybody. I mean, I mean, you know, it's in a bit of an exaggeration, but it, it really is like a, a point like, oh, that makes sense. Why everybody, why the rest of the world thinks Americans are douchebags or the French have a point, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's kind of feeding into it. And then at the same time, it's like, oh, you know, it is what it is. And for the most part, the majority of people in the world are, if you're a fan of that show, you know, whether you find it entertaining for entertainment's value or whether you find it entertaining just because like oh my god what else stupid are they going to say it's still giving them attention yeah and it's still making that it's still making them popular you know what I mean they're giving too much attention for me it's I feel like uh, I made up a song called just don't look just don't look you know I'm kidding (laughs) was it Alan uh no no who was the uh, uh Paul Anka Paul Anka thank you <laughs> the fucking little dude what else are you guys seeing on the street any other celebrities I see people all the time all the time yeah. any other celebrities well I used to work for celebrities so I see everybody I see so this is not a really big thing and we actually had this conversation a couple times before yeah yeah uh <laughs> how about you? how about you Lil anything, anybody recently that you've seen uh recently not that I could think of um I think it's probably been a couple of years. Uh, I remember going to this. Well, I didn't even go. Like there was this concert over at uh, what is now the StubHub Center in yeah. Houston. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, it was um, it was. Uh-huh. Uh I forgot what concert it was. It was just like all these different people. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the Smashing Pumpkins were playing. That's something that was up. Yeah. But like when I got it, was like, I forgot what we were there for. But anyway, I think we, we just went to go try to like see if we could get in somehow. But yeah, one of those things. Anyway, like we were walking just along the, it just like a just the street next to the parking lot. There was like a huge tour bus. I see somebody get out, and then there's just like a crowd of people. Yeah. Same thing, you know. And I was like, oh man, who's that? Has to be like some kind of like you know celebrity. Burt Reynolds or shit. Burt Reynolds and shit, <laughs> you know. Um, and Must it was uh, Jimmy Chamberlain. Nice. Oh. He, uh, yeah, the drummer for the Smashing Pumpkins, the original one, you know, where mm-hmm. they kicked him out for drugs again. <laughs> but, hey, play fuck up. Nobody's perfect. You know. But anyway, you know, uh, like just, it was like one of the very few times I think I've been like pretty starstruck. It's pretty cool to me to see someone who's non hugely famous, it's non recognizable in a way where they appreciate getting recognized. You know what I mean? I don't know. I was just like, 
I was like fangirling. I was like a Beatles fan over here. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. But they're not used to some, you know, like so, like you recognize me? Oh shit, you know, it's it, it's it's a little bit cooler when they uh, they appreciate it in a different way. You know what I'm saying? I like, mean, he didn't seem like a dick or anything, but he like mm-hmm. had you know people like all over the place. You know, so. Like I remember seeing Alan Silvestri. Uh, like I said, the, the composer. Yep, exactly. And I knew who that was for the obvious reasons because oh. you know I like musicianship. And he, you know, checked in. Like, he, oh, what's your name? Oh, that's first. I'm like, oh shit, that composer. And he's like, yeah. Oh, and, uh, it was one oh, of those shit. things where like, oh man, I'm a big fan. You know, he did the Rocky themes for most people that didn't know. Uh, he uh, just he's you know composer for almost blockbusters hits after hit you know that kind of thing he's, he's a big name Van Helsing. he's Hans Zimmer before Hans Zimmer you know he's you know not Danny Elfman you know he did a cool running oh did he yeah, that he I didn't know cool uh, but you know what I'm saying he's that kind of guy where he's a big name and if you but he's only a big name to those who are interested in that kind of thing right right, right. in that universe that exactly universe. but he was so surprised but at the same time I was like uh, it was like oh shit dude right this way you know like you know that kind of thing I was being it, it completely changed my attitude and he's very, very, like, appreciative. I'm like, oh, wow, I can't believe, you know. Like, it was very, um, it was authentic, like, seeing him, his surprise was authentic. And I thought it was really, really cool. Like, it, it made me appreciate him more, the fact that he appreciated me recognizing, you know, that kind oh, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was really, really cool. And I like that, as opposed to the celebrities where they're just so used to it that they're kind of numb to it by now. And it's like, like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, dude, you want an autograph? Like, okay. Yeah, it's fuck you, man. Bodyguards. Don't touch me. Yeah, shit like that, you know. That is horrible. Hmm. That's the things about being in LA, that kind of thing. Actually, I think my sister, my sister Patty, she used to work for an airline. She used to be a, like a flight assistant, a flight. Did you know? You know what I'm Samuel about? Yep, Samuel Jackson. Uh-huh. So she has a Samuel Jackson story, and I'll tell it for her. I gotta get her on the podcast. She could tell it herself. Definitely. But uh, cause she is a fan. So Patty, hello. You know that kind of thing. Uh, Patty, uh, you're a bitch to me when I was like, no, okay, okay. <laughs> it, it's so weird how you get along with your, um, like people, you know, your siblings once you turn 21, once you can drink and you get, you know, with because me and Patty are really cool now. All my little sisters were all were all cool now, but I remember Grish growing up, it was like, oh my god, we just hated each other with passion. We just hated each other, you know. And, and now, you know, oh, it's so it's so curious to me how the way we get along now. Anyways, she was um. You know, flight assistant, and you know, does you know you'll see your celebrities, whatever. And I guess Samuel Jackson was one of her flights, and she's and she's just treating him like a normal person because she's doing her job. And I guess he was just offended by the fact that no one's treating him like the star he is right, or right, should right. be. And he's and the whole the you know the cliche. Do you know who I am? You know who the fuck I am? Shit coming. And I guess he's just the biggest asshole ever. That kind of thing. I haven't. I hadn't get a chance to meet him. But I remember saying if I met him, like, I was going to fuck it. Because, I I, you know, I was just going to be like, man, fuck you. you know, like, <laughs> like, I was just going to be such a dick to him. Just because I had already heard that story from Patty, you know. You know, sadly, so before I quit. do they want to be treated, like, normal? Or do they want the starship? Like, I don't get it. I, I, I wouldn't put myself in their head. Like, but I remember him. He was being an asshole. And uh, I don't know if he had a bad day or whatever. But he was being an asshole to my, you know, my sister. So I, remember, I always remember that when... Like, man, if I were to test me long, I'm going to tell him something or something. You know, I'm going to be a dick to him. I'm going to let him know. You know, whoop through. Yeah, I hope they die and I hope they burn in hell. <laughs> right? That kind of thing. <laughs> they just do it right now. Instant right now. Yeah. I'm still tripping out. Like, like I was thinking of Wedding Singer today. Yeah. And you brought up. A... I dropped something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
You brought up airplane? Oh, the song. <laughs> the wedding singer in the airplane. Oh, girls with you. Girl yes, with right. you. Yeah, yeah, that, I got your saying. What, is there anything else, like, do you feel like the way whole, like, serendipitous or the undertoning loan of coincidence? Oh, yeah, yeah. man, uh, synchronicity. Synchronicity. It's there, man, I just wish I had, like, a better grasp on it, but it's there, man. It's, 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 it's one of those things where you're, you just wish, I mean, I, for me, I wish I was just able to calculate more how this fits to this to that with move and I can see like I, I almost feel like the universe is trying to tell you something you know and Definitely. you just you got to you got to be able to if you if, if I had a better mind I'd be able to figure out everything in whole you know just calculating wise what is the message that kind of thing and now you just kind of feel like fuck man what almost almost frustrating you know mm-hmm. you ever feel that way uh Christina all the time yeah like do you feel like the universe is trying to tell you something or yes i i want it to tell me something sometimes uh huh like, what are you trying to say to me? Tell me. Yeah, yeah. When am I, I going to find out? How long do I have to suffer? Oh, do you consider, like, suffering? No, or? I'm not suffering. But, I mean, you know, sometimes I'm like, can you just be more clear? Like, I just want the universe to tell me what I'm here for or what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, Is that the question you're asking? Mm-hmm. So you, you feel like, oh, you're kind of, like, uh, meaningless up until, like, you need to send me for or what? Well, yeah. Sometimes I feel like I'm here for more, but I just can't figure it out. Right. And what? But what do you mean? Like, be a little bit more specific? Or how do you... Um, let's see. Like, I, it's just... Okay, I love my job. I do. Yeah. And I do very well. And it's something... I I, I enjoy it. I enjoy uh-huh. my job. But I just feel like there's something more I'm meant to do. Do you know, like... What? Do you have an idea? I don't have it. I just feel like it's not. I'm, I'm just not content. Do you think it's part of maybe like are you more waiting for something to happen as opposed to you making something happen? I'm trying to make something happen, uh-huh. and so I've always tried to, you know, advance more, like you know, get a better job or okay, number now. You're trying to better yourself in yes, whatever all the aspect time. of it. Uh-huh. And see, okay, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Or is there something else out there? Like, sometimes I feel like I'm not but that in seems the right to me, career. But that seems to me like you're just jumping from thing to thing until you get satisfied. As opposed to, like, do you have an, like, do you have an idea of what you want? Or what you think what is going to make really, you... really, really want. Yeah. What I really, really want would be to speak for, for the innocent. For anybody that can help themselves. Like activist roles or yeah. or writer roles or well, what do you activism mean? Activism maybe. So you you see yourself more like just want to be uh huh yeah. like mm-hmm. for human rights, animal rights, whatever rights, war, whatever. Do you do you have like a, a like a topic or a subject that you feel passionate about? Well, I feel passionate about everything. Anything that has to do with anybody. I mean, that's really broad. I'm just I'm trying to well, figure out like pinpoint it. Okay. Um. Well, I feel very passionate about animals and okay. very passionate about kids. Mm-hmm. That uh, you know, kids that have been abused, and especially in kids in other foreign countries or rural areas that have, don't have what we have here. Mm-hmm. So I would like to help them, and I would like to help animals. I would like uh, animals meaning all kinds of animals could be wild animals to domestic animals. So animals and kids. I was and, and I know it's very weird, but I would like to help the whole world. Like, are you auditioning for a beauty contest or something? No, like, I Miss America. But I would really, Fucker. I would really be happier helping out people that need the help. 
or anything on the top. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, help, help how? Like, how would you like to help, like, say, like, I don't know, like, adopting, like, a third world country child or... Well, here it goes. Um, okay. This is what I find confusing because, like, for the most part, helping animals is a first world issue. Yeah. A first world country issue. But helping kids is a third world issue. Right. right. So that's why I like, oh, which one are you passionate about? I mean, here, here's the thing. Maybe that's what the universe is telling you. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? Maybe the universe is asking you a question. It's like, what do you really want? What do you want to do? Yeah, no, no like, um, like, obviously, so your job's not the issue. You're not going to be helping kids or animals doing your job. But maybe, that's, maybe you don't have to. Maybe you could do that, but your hobby is to activism. Mm-hmm. But what subject do you feel passionate about where you want to... Do, do you feel even passionate about a certain subject? Or do you just have that overall feeling where you just want to help everybody, that kind of thing? I just want to help everybody. Yeah, I get that. You know, I mean, in a sense, I mean, like, I would like the okay, whole world to be... My mom know. recently just went to Mexico. Mm-hmm. And she was there probably for a week and a half. She said, I cannot take it here mm-hmm. anymore. I'm like, what's wrong, Mom? Why, why can't you be there anymore? What's going on? She's like, I just can't live like this. I, I can't see this anymore. This is like the saddest trip I've ever taken. Yeah. I'm like, but mom, what's going on? She's like, I, I can't believe my family is like this. I can't believe they're living in nothing. That seems more arrogant than anything. No, she, she just, she said, I left my country and it was beautiful and I come back and it's destroyed. How so? Like you're talking about cartel shit or poor poverty shit or poverty and cartel? Yeah, but like you know, I mean, I've seen a lot of you know, you see a lot of documentaries. The number one lesson to take away from it is that. Uh, like you see people that are like, oh man, I just wish I could help them. Yeah. I just wish I could help them. And then the number one thing they say is like, those people are happier than you are, because happiness has nothing to do with materialism things. No, it doesn't you have know? to do. You don't have to give them a, a Corvette for them to be happy. Yeah, exactly. You don't. Yeah. But it you won't can, make them sad either. Yeah. But sure. you just <laughs> give them the tools to have uh-huh. a better life. How so? I mean, well, what are the tools to give them a better life than anything? Okay, there's people that need jobs create jobs for them yeah but i'm saying like like if you can find happiness whether you're poor or rich mm-hmm. if you can find that niche for happiness like look look how many monks don't really have you know what i'm saying like you can you can find that with whatever because it doesn't necessarily think like how am i to like feel bad for a tibetan monk because he doesn't have more than two pairs of clothes that'd be really ostentatious on myself don't you think or like not so ostent- um, condescending on myself do that yeah, absolutely. That's what, like you can find happiness in whatever life it is, whether it's a first world country or a second world country or a third world country. That's really neither here or there. What we're talking about is the necessities of life. Like let's say, like uh, the Africa, the water wells. That's a big issue right now going on. We're like getting clean water to villages and stuff in Africa. Like that's a necessity. A necessity. And for the most people, like they make do. Most of those villages, most of the people in the villages make do with what they got, and they're appreciative of anything extra. Right has nothing to do on their happiness level mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so i w- that let's say that's an issue like oh i would love to get this clean water to everybody in a third world country that yeah, kind of thing whoever needs any kind of help if, the, if they, yeah. in africa they need water i'll go and try to give them water if in mexico they need shoes you go and you take shoes to them yeah but i'm saying like I, it would be like for me to come cross the border and then look at these like they're living in houses that aren't as nice as mine it's so like oh my god how can I live this I feel so bad for them <laughs> like I'm being kind of a dick don't you think well yes yeah. in a way but mm-hmm. when it's your family you feel even more worse because you uh, I don't I don't, don't think so bad for your family 100% fuck no 
Whenever I go to Mexico and I see my family, and just because their house isn't nice and mine, does I'd be a dick if I say like, "Oh my God, I feel so bad for you guys. You guys don't have three bedrooms. I, you guys only have two. Like, holy shit! Like, fuck you, man. Like, hey, how many Playstations <laughs> do you have? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, oh my God, you guys still have play- Xbox 360? It's like 740 right now. I guess right? she was just shocked at how poor they were. And culture shock. Culture, culture shock. shock. She was just shocked. She never thought it would be like that. She she left. Did, is your mo- does your mom live in Beverly Hills? Because no. there's not too big a difference between. She live in Beverly Hills, but there's not too big a difference between North Long Beach and Tijuana. There's not that big, to be honest with you. I never been to Tijuana. It's awesome. It's awesome like a pause. <laughs> fucking fuck, fuck Disneyland. Fuck Anaheim. Tijuana is the happiest place on earth. I'm going to just tell you right now. <laughs> At least the part you remember. You know what I'm saying? Me and Lil have party there a few times. Yeah. I've never been out of California. I don't know. No, I'm just saying like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying it's like I, would, I wouldn't want to go there thinking like just because they have less than us it's all perspective right mm-hmm. they're, they're growing up a certain way and looking at things where they're comfortable and they're happy mm-hmm. and for us to go there where it's culture shock in quote quote unquote but how do we know where they're actually happy well they're living okay well I'm look I'm saying like if people are over there and they're sad and depressed how many rich people do you know that are depressed you know or have you heard of that they're sad or how many Robin Williams you know committed suicide recently and he's very wealthy. You know, it does. I'm not, that's not, not necessarily the point. I'm just saying for someone who you think is wealthier in materialistic point of view to cross the border and look at a third world nation and whatever situations they're at, like, oh, feel bad for them because they don't have as much as you. Like, that's kind of being, you know, I wouldn't, you know what I mean? But how do you know they're not happy? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. How do you know they're not happy? Or Why happy. are you feeling bad for them? Or happy. Because based on excuse me based on materialistic things it shouldn't have anything to do with it well it doesn't do them bad but i feel like we could help them to just like you said they'll appreciate anything right anything it's it's more like um like you're used to like your way of living the way that you live your life and like take taking somebody from like say a third world country where they don't have you know these things re- readily available like I can just go you know just like cross the street go to my car and drive to like a club if I wanted to mm-hmm. and that's just like because I have nothing else to do like on a Friday night mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whereas you know it, it's like it's a freedom it's a liberty where I don't really take into consideration that I can just go do whatever I want wherever I want however I want mm-hmm. you know like whereas somebody like in a you know or you know situation where it's uh, completely different it's like oh man am i gonna have food for tomorrow you know um 100%. uh you get what i'm trying to say absolutely does, does that yeah. make sense you know well like, i've said this before like different, um, uh, i've said this before like uh, a lot of the issues that we have are first world issues right like you wouldn't have that issue if you were worried about some on the actual necessity to survival and for the most part those kind of people that worry about that kind of thing in general are just happier people in general are happier people because it, it once the needs are taken care of everything else is a, be- a blessing or a benefit now once you get to the point where you're used to living a life where not only are needs taken care of but all your wants are taken care of then you get to the point where you start nitpicking this is why it's so hard to get you know like satisfied the older you get i mean it's, the studies are there 
Okay. The studies and it's it's actually you know legit science between like the difference between someone who makes a million dollars a year and someone who makes a hundred dollars a year. The happiness level is not doesn't increase that much as much more. Once you're able to make enough money where you can pay your bills, like legitimately pay your bills and you have nothing to worry about, the stress level decreases infinitely, and then the everything else is just um, kind of like a cherry on top. Right, it's know, just a perk. It's, it's a perk, yeah. yeah. Okay. But the whole thing I feel about like go, like if I go go to Mexico right now and I do travel a lot. If I you want to take a break right now or no? Because we are gonna it is over an hour. We're gonna take a little break. You know what? We'll continue the subject after we come back from a little break. Um, shit, where's my... Do you have it on you? Alright. So, if you want, we'll take a little uh, halfway break. You'll play a song for you guys. And then you guys can... Um, we'll come back and we'll continue the subject. Because this is very interesting. This is the first time in this entire podcast where it got kind of interesting for a little bit. <laughs> uh, one second, one second. Uh, do you got anything right now or no? Uh, okay, I got it. I got it already. <laughs> we'll be back, kiddos. ACDC.
are back from our break. And we just had to take a piss. And Christina had a Murph. That's right. I did. I had to get it out of there. <laughs> All right, cool. Also, we were talking about um, you wanting to help people. Yes. But what specific subject did you feel you were, did you find, you know, that kind of thing? Okay. Um, I'm a huge animal lover. Mm-hmm. I am. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are animal lovers and they try to rescue as many animals as they can. Yeah. They do them. And there's so much, right, going on. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like wondering, is there any room for me to help? No, there always is. I mean, there you can't have that mentality for sure. Yeah. I know there's always room to help, but there's, I'm always wondering, is that what I want to do? Yeah. So what I wanted to do, and my plan was, you know, we cannot help all the animals in the world. Yes, we can. Okay, we can't. Yeah, we can. I mean, we could. Because they're delicious. They're delicious. Great. Good for you. <laughs> I mean, we, I, I can't. Well, me alone, I don't think I'd be able to help all the animals in the world unless I was capable of doing it. I don't know how, but I, if I was capable. But what I wanted to do was through my business, because I want to open my own business maybe next year. Yeah. Uh, uh, doing what? Um, Barbering cosmetology. Oh, okay. But just your own spot. Oh, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Cool. So I wanted to open a, a, a cosmetic. Uh, beauty salon um, then I wanted to open a, a kid salon and then I want to open a barber shop and eventually I want to have um, the kid salon I want to rent another um, space next to it mm-hmm. and have like a little animal shelter you can say so and I would want the kids salon cuts. you call them muck cuts muck cuts yes I would want the, the kid salon okay. the kid salon to kind of um, run it you know what I mean? We have no money, get no money from that kid salon, just run the, the shelter where I would go to different states and, and um, places and rescue animals and have them for adoption or try, you know, to save them. And so that's mm. what I want to do. Eventually, that's what I want to start. That's a big picture type show. It's though, a big right? picture. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I'm able to do it. Yeah. Hopefully. For now, I just donate as much as I can. And mm. for now, I, I rescue whatever I can, whenever I have a chance, if I, and, and if they let me rescue them. Because sometimes animals just run, and they don't want to be rescued, I guess. Yeah, I find that way about third world children, too. <laughs> they don't want to be killed. So, that is one thing I would like to do, and I've always wanted to go to somewhere where I also feel very passionate about older older people, um, yeah. elders. I feel like some in some countries, they're very neglected. Do you think this country? Um, yes. Oh, how so? Um, well, through the kids. I feel like they're neglected through their kids. Meaning their kids neglect them. Yeah, their kids neglect them. And I like I know a lot of people that go to the salon are older people that haven't seen their kids in two or three years. Yeah. And like, why? Where do they live? Like, why are you counting? I'm like, the fuck? Does that... that MTF! Does that like uh? Is there a specific race that does that, or, or is that more? No, like... I find it that's mutual. Mutual. Yeah, that Asians, Mexicans, Latins. I'm sorry, um, uh-huh. Americans. Yeah, like, just they all don't give a fuck about older people. No, not don't give a fuck, but for some reason they forget. Oh, so it's almost a reversal. Like the young people are the ones we see now. They are being seen now, not the older people. Yes. No, <laughs> okay, that's so horrible, but. I, I would like to go to, you know, maybe, I find this especially in, in Latin America, where a lot of elder people are rejected, 
and left behind by their kids. Yeah. And that's very sad. Um, that's interesting to me because um, I guess I don't I like like I find you know we were talking about this on the last podcast where like I find like I love talking to old people. I, I love, do. They're very interesting. It's just fascinating the stories they it, tell. It is. Yeah, absolutely, and the wisdom they have to share. And uh, but I could see you know like where um, where people just like oh if they're a hassle like the kind of thing. Well, I'm thinking of Simpsons, honestly, <laughs> Abraham, and Grandpa oh, Abraham. But I'm thinking like oh, but that's an indictment of just like the way that you know um, this current modern society views it. Yeah, you know, because um, I always thought that you know like a uh, traditional you know Latino family. Yeah. You know, it's not like we don't, you know, send, you know, our you know, grandparents. We don't. They live with us. That's yeah, what I exactly. forget. That, yeah. That's like the way you that come I and live with it. I, that, that fucking, like, I, there has to be some kind of statistic where it's less Hispanic families have uh, people in, in, you know, old old folks' homes, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them. Right. Okay. Because for the most part, the okay. way I was grew up, and I, you know, not just my family specifically, but, you know, going to church, you knew that, like, oh, yeah, that, you know, the grandma's now living, or the grandpa's now living with, uh, you know, the oldest kid, or whatever. Right, right. It's, you know, it's just common. Very, very common. Because well, that's the way the tradition is. Exactly, yeah. I, I, take I care haven't of. been around other cultures mm-hmm. to say what they do with the elderly, but I have been around this culture, and I have seen. You it. mean American or what? What Ameri- is culture here in America and in Latin America? Um, and oh, okay, so Hispanic cultures. You mean Hispanic cultures, and I've seen it also in American culture, mm. where they just send their elderlies to a home. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that with the Hispanic culture that much. Well, not with no, not with yeah. Americans. I've seen it. Oh, okay, they just send them away. You know, while I have seen, seen some cases and heard some cases, especially. You know, in the business I'm in, I hear a lot of things, and I see a lot of things of you know people come to me and they tell me their whole life story. So when I see these people suffering, these elderly, then I'm like, why are your kids taking care of you? Why do you? Have you ask to? them that, or no? Yes, I ask them. That's kind of rude, though. It is rude. Because <laughs> they right. don't love me. You know, well, they just start rude, crying. But I'm, I'm like, I'm shocked because yeah. you're right. We're so used to having. Our grandparents here, or they're living with your 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 cousin now, or they're living over here and they're living over there. Yeah, we're so used to that. But when you actually see it, they're not having the best life. Yeah, okay. yeah I wouldn't think it's, so. Uh, Especially no. being neglected. Yeah. We have this um this older uh, lady. She for some reason got Alzheimer's. Well, for some reason. reason. But she got Alzheimer's. <laughs> but they didn't know they didn't know what it was at first. At first, uh-huh. no, they thought that they she was being funny. Something was going on with her. Yeah, because she's hilarious. Why is she all hilarious all of a sudden? Why is she forgetting things? So where she, yeah. she's like a little girl now. She's like a little girl. She you have to grab her by the hand and take her here and take her there. Yeah. The person that's taking like care Mickey of her, yes, from the cheerleading yes. song. The person that's taking care of her is actually the gentleman she she got with. Fell in love with. Yeah. She got with um, four years prior to this happening to her. Mm-hmm. Well, she he's the only one taking care of her. Her kids are who knows where. Yeah. He brings her to get her hair cut. Do her nails, do her pedicure. He takes her to go, take her, pick her up once a week. Is she good looking? She's so good looking. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would do that too. But I mean, the kids should be doing that. Her kids should be doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Not this guy that met her four years prior to this happening to her. Yeah, yeah. The guy has nothing to do with her. I mean, yeah, of course they fell in love. They wanted to have make a living together the rest of their life, whatever. But the kids should be visiting her. The yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Her kids should be doing that. Just making her feel like she's not not wanted. Exactly. Yeah, even absolutely. though she may not remember them, even though she may not be herself, the kids should be there. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And yeah. it's sad that the kids aren't there. I mean, yeah, I mean, absolutely right. You're, it, it is sad that when the kids, you know, choose to neglect any kind of family member, mm-hmm. but especially the elderly, and if it's for the fact just because they're more of a hassle than their time's worth, I mean, that's 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 where you it gets. You were like, a hassle when you were a child, and did they kick you out and tell you, "No, get out of here"? I wasn't a hassle. Well, you may not have been a hassle, but there's people that were hassle. I know I was a hassle. I was. So don't point. Like David Hasselhoff, or what kind of? Yeah, hassle? exactly. Don't point at me because I love Knight Rider. <laughs> So, I mean, I would probably want to help elderly that need help. And mm-hmm. People that can, that are sick. Hip surgery, right? Hip surgery. And people that are, um, elders that are sick that don't have people giving them meds. People that yeah. don't have their, they cannot get up and cook. Distributing food, helping out little communities, getting a little group where they can distribute food to these elderly. And you know, my, my grandma, she has Alzheimer's. And my grandpa would read to her from a notebook to bring her back to memory. And every now and then she would like, oh, you know, for a few for a few minutes she'd remember. How and long was this? She'd remember. Yeah, exactly. Did they die? Did she eventually die? How dare you? I think she's immortal. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> no I'm kidding. Uh, obviously, I'm making it right first. Okay, so going back to the animal thing, like, cause you love animals, right? Yeah. What animal to you, honestly though, is the most delicious? I haven't had. Okay. And maybe in three years. Three years. Okay. So, what was the last you remember that being your favorite food? The last. Mm-hmm. Ceviche. <laughs> so fish, fish, raw fish type shit. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. What What was it about it that you just love ceviche? I don't remember really. It's just remember that's a, I think that was the last food I've actually tried. And after that, I saw this this weird documentary. I'm like, fuck that. I'm never eating animals again. <laughs> what was the documentary on? Um, the, you know, farm life and these, the fish farms, they live in fish farms, pig farms and, oh, pigs farms, I thought pig you said farms fish farms, the conditions they live in and, so you still eat ceviche, right? Because no, that's fishes? I don't eat ceviche. No, so you just cut off all animal, I, yeah. Oh, interesting. So, so you're a vegetarian? I, yeah. I want to be a vegan one day. Mm-hmm. I really do. But. Milk I is delicious, there yet. <laughs> but ice cream is so awesome, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, I, I can only, I'm trying to do my best every mm-hmm. day to say no to certain stuff. Yeah. You know, uh, I think I've done very well these past three years. Yeah. And. But I'm, but, but you having that passion for animals, how does it translate to you becoming a vegetarian? Well, I. Because look, like Indians have that passion for animals, but they still ate meat. I mean, how, how, how do you explain that? You know, except like cows. Mm-hmm. Wait, do well, you mean Indian or Native American? I meant feathers, I, not dots. I just okay. <laughs> I'm not saying you don't have to eat meat. Yeah. I, no, Engines. But I chose not to eat meat so I wouldn't contribute to the suffering. <laughs> what's up? What's up? Are you referring to? to like slaughterhouses and shit? Yeah. Yeah, that's man. That's a shitty that's way of living. Horrible, that's like 1940s exactly. Jews. There you go. Yeah. So I chose not to contribute anymore. Yeah. You chose not to just. It's almost like your your personal protest. In my personal protest, I wouldn't want it amongst others. Like, yeah. I'm not going to stop eating because of this and that. That's yeah, yeah, your yeah. Choice. Of course, yeah. That's not because, my and, and then we get into like hunting game meat, and that's yeah, that's that's know, whole different. That's thing. your choice. Mm-hmm. You, you want to eat meat? There's nothing mm-hmm. I can do. I can tell you, and I hope mm-hmm. that you don't, and I hope that you realize that it's mm-hmm. bad, that is delicious. But there's nothing that's I can not do delicious. about it. You know, like I'm saying, I'm not saying that you don't have, like, you know, I would like to also have better conditions for these animals. If yeah. Eat them at well, least. Temple Granted. 
Yeah. Are you familiar with her or no? Who? Temple Grandin. No. She was an animal rights activist. Okay. But she was also like uh, had autism. Mm. So she's one of these girls that like um, show like you can still have a function, not only a functional life, but you can actually be a hero to other regular people. But even having this kind of disability, you know, quote unquote disability, if you want to consider autism a disability, which I don't. Well, what uh, autism was it? Um, well, you, uh, have you seen the film yet? Temple Grandid? It's called it's called Temple Grandid, oh, but it was Claire Danes that plays her. Mm. Oh, yes. She You're, invented the thing with the cow. Yes, absolutely. Yes, so they're not like, um, you know exactly what right? They're not scared. So they exactly. Kind of like exactly. It's more easier. It's not a cruel. They it's feel not a cruel. more comfortable. Exactly. And they're least aggressive. It's not as cruel as, because up until then, it was just like, these cows are like basically like factory-wise. Assembly line bullshit, you yeah. know? They're smashed together and they're like, what the fuck? You know, that kind of thing. Right, right, right. She made it so it's, uh, she she created this device where it's easier. Where it's easy. It's an easy, I mean, I don't know. It's not easier, but just. No, no, it is easier. Oh, it's easier. Like stress-free, stress-free environment. It's a stress-free right. environment for a mile as opposed to like how the fuck they were leaving where it's inhumane mm-hmm. in, you know, whatever you want to call it, where it's fucked up. Anyways, but she made it. It's it just it's 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 tricky because you want to say like, well, they're still slaughtered, getting slaughtered. There are so it's like you know, like how much they're living a little better than what they were. So it's a, you know, points and you know. I, I would love people not to eat meat. I would love people to just leave animals alone. But a lesser two evils. That's what I would I would call it. Okay. A lesser of two evils. That's one way to put it. That's that would be probably the best way to put it. But she was absolutely one of these people who like felt for animals. But she was not a like a vegan. She still felt she like, oh, like, obviously we need to have meat have to survive. Conditions for these animals. Conditions, yeah. I, I would like I said, I would love people not to eat them and leave them alone. But unfortunately, I don't know. If That's not the way the world works. Fight, yeah. yeah. Who, I don't know. That's not the way the world works. So yeah. I, the only thing I would want is to fight for better conditions for these animals. Exactly. Least. That's her. Yeah. And and keep in mind, she has autism, where it's like most people would consider that a disability. It was uh, Asperger's. Uh, for her specifically, no, it was was it Asperger's. It, well, well, that was one of them, but she had um, it was that one, and then she uh, what was the other one like uh, she didn't, she couldn't be touched by like anybody. Oh yeah, she, and, she, and then her her she herself created a machine for herself. Yeah. Uh-huh. Where she felt um, I don't know if you, it's a calming device. Yeah. So so that's where she got the idea mm-hmm. for the cow. For, she she was able to put herself inside their head, you know, quote unquote. Something like that. Or she didn't verbalize. <laughs> that's funny. So yeah. So. I mean, that's one thing I would like to do. Smoking weed, fucker. <laughs> that's something I would like to do. Like, you know, try to get fair conditions for these animals. Uh-huh. You know. Uh huh. That's something I would like to do too. Yeah. A better life for a bad exit. You know, I mean, in my I mean, honest opinion. Unfortunately, what can we do? I mean, is really the people are gonna stop eating meat? Are they really gonna stop? People are not gonna stop. Well, I don't think they should stop. To be honest with you, oh. but my opinion, um, non-realistic opinion. As opposed to anybody else who's non-realistic either, like oh, stop eating meat. Uh, is you shouldn't be any, eating anything you sh- you can't hunt for yourself. That that's very true. That's not right. modern society though. No, and because why yeah. we monopolize everything? Not just that; it has to do more with population than anything. Oh yes, but there's that hundreds and thousands of pounds and that go waste every year. Okay, most like let's put it to back to third world countries because they're living more. In the way they did, like a hundred years ago, a thousand years ago. But the people shouldn't be living like this because we have enough resources for the whole world to live comfortably. Well, we're not made like modern society is not made for a population of six billion. This doesn't make sense. I mean, this the, the that's why we have these kind of issues. First world problems, though. By the way, 
You know what I mean? These are first world issues. These are only uh, most people like you. You kill a moose, you kill a deer, whatever the fuck. The whole village lives off of that mm-hmm. for at least a month mm-hmm. because it's you know hundreds of pounds of meat, and you know whatever that kind of thing. You're getting now to where <laughs> it's almost like that. It's an old Simpsons joke, but you kill a whole tree just to get like three stacks of paper, you know that yeah. kind of thing. And it, it, that's kind of that society where we're living now, where that's fucked up. It, it's 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 the fucked up way of living, like. Thinking it's processed, it's factory, it's processed meat, it's fa- processed foods, it's all factory film, and there's no heart, and you don't feel, you don't feel kind of like the the thing you have for the actual animal that you took a life that's, that's feeding us. Animals are now eating organic stuff. What, um, um, say that again. My cats, they've I've switched their diets. Yes. Worst, worst fucking example of all. Cats are super carnivorous. No. Dogs can get away with that. No, cats no, no. can't. I switched their diet because. I was reading an article mm-hmm. about the stuff they put on these mainstream brands where um, I, I, I couldn't remember, um, I mean, That's I couldn't funny. imagine the things they put in it. That's they funny. put like um, roadkill. Yeah. They put roadkill in your animal's food. Yeah, well, for cats specifically because they're carni- okay, they need that. The point yeah. is that they're, they're probably rotten. Or cats can't survive on non meat, though. No, my cats Dogs can't. Cats they can't. Still eat meat, but it's yeah. less processed. Than these Mean Street brands. Now, they also, all the dogs and cats that they kill at the shelter, they mm-hmm. euthanize them. The government lets these um, animal brands have those animals and then let them put them in the, in the food too. Yeah. That's horrible. That's like disgusting. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, it's you, animals. But would I eat that? No. Well, well barbecue sauce, maybe. So, why would you want your animals to eat that? Because they're okay. fucking animals. Okay, maybe they're not really humans. Yeah. That's not the way I think, but. Yeah. What about party animals? That's so true. And we're so missing anyways, out really. No, not anyways. We're missing out on party animals are really. They contribute a lot. So, you I, I just feel like we should get better conditions for the animals. Yeah, I mean, okay, but we got to be realistic in the, in the sense we're like, okay, look. Like, I don't want these animals to be living fucked up lives because I, cause I love fucking dogs and I love fucking cats and I love fucking anybody who's a pet. Chickens are cool. Bears are kind of cunty, but they're durable. The cubs are adorable. But I'm just saying, like, you don't want that. But reality is, like, this is, we eat animals, you know, I mean, in general. Mm-hmm. Humans, eat, mm-hmm. humans eat animals, and the conditions are put to feed the mass media. You'd rather, okay, this is what I mean by first issue issues, first issue problems to third world problems. Mm-hmm. In a third world country, they're not thinking about, like, well, how were his last days of life? You know, did he but suffer? In a third world country, no. At least they give him a better. Okay, but okay. Let's say you put a third world country into yeah. Go ahead. Uh, What's a better way? I'm just wondering. Thanks. Considering like uh, okay, yes, you're right. Because for the most part, dying is dying. Like you were saying, you know, you you hunt where you. I mean, you eat where you hunt. Ideally. Ideally, right? So in these third world countries, that's Mm -hmm. what they do. They hunt. And they eat. That, that, no, no. This is a common misconception. This is where trophy comes, trophy hunting comes into play, because for the most part, like, first of all, anybody who trophy hunts, trophy hunts. Mm-hmm. It's not for food. It's specific. Well, not for them. Okay. This is what I mean. Right. They because give it to the village. To the village correct. Yeah. But for the most part, they're not doing that for that reason. For the most part, most guys who trophy hunt are kind of like 
it's the the stereotypical little dick guys who need to prove they're a man. It, it, it's have, ego. It's all ego. It's they ego. have a lot of money. They want to prove they're a man because they grew up with the silver spoon in their mouth, so they never felt accomplished with anything in life. For the most part. That. For the most part. And they and it is up to hundreds of thousands of dollars sometimes for trouble. No, fines it see, costs a lot of money. I'm like... Well, no, no. But this is the thing. However, regardless of what that douchebag does or why he does it, exactly. the benefits are it. Is most of the money, a lot of the money, which uh, all goes to conservatories to keeping that species alive. Exactly. Number two, all does. yeah. Number two, all that meat goes to the surrounding village. Yeah. To they, the, all that meat goes to those kids, to the to those families, to those poor families. That's where you think about this trucking. Is it the, is it good? Is it bad? Uh, you know, honestly, looking on paper, logistically, overall, it actually is good. Exactly. Like, I'm, I hate it. I yeah. do. Well, the guys are douchebags. That's what yeah, the exactly. thing is. I hate it. It's horrible that they do these to these animals. But then you're like, shit, they do help here. They do help here. No, no, no. Honestly, the money that goes into preserving and conservation, absolutely, 100%. Very true. Most of the money does go for that. All, almost all of it. All, all the food that goes into preserving, you know, giving it to the, the village, mm-hmm. it's feeding people. It, it, it's not going to waste. So, it's not going to waste, right? Yeah. No, no. Overall, it's a, that's actually the only reason that conservations and uh, like those animals are short. the last rhino on Earth. Like, um, there was a the the last black rhino, I believe. This is like a year ago. So you were, yeah, it was just very recently. Very, I think very it was this year. Yeah, very, very recently, year. where the it's the last male last surviving male rhino, and he's that means the end of the species completely, right? right? right. They the offer to kill that rhino was one million dollars. You know the reason why they needed to kill this animal was because he was killing. All, he, the, the, I don't know what you want to call it, mental disability. Anyways, that rhino was killing other males in that spe- in the, uh, different species, meaning like he's already like he's he's stopping it from reproducing. So they had to stop this, right? So that means this male has to die, or they keep it in a cage for its entire life, which is out of not unfair. You pick whichever life is sadder to you. Do you want to live in a cage? You know what I'm saying? As far as I know, thing goes, do you want to live in the cage, solitude? You know, basically, sorry, senior confinement for the rest of its, you know, whatever five years it had left, or do you want to let it roam free and kill the other animals that are mm-hmm. killing the even more depopulating the rhino species? Mm-hmm. It's really, really tricky. It's yeah, it's a horrible decision. It right. Really is. So they decided the best for the whole entire species of rhinos is to kill this animal because it was killing other male animals that could reproduce the other females. Um, now, what are they going to do? They auction it out. So they auction it out for a million dollars. Like anybody who wants to pay this to kill this the last breed of this rhino, final thing, they end up doing that. The villagers eat the meat. The guy takes a bunch of douchebag fucking pictures, and they ended up, you know, whatever. They raise the money. It ended up being very beneficial for everybody, including the rhinos. Does that stop the fact from this guy's been fucking? You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's very very tricky situation. No, I mean I get that, but mm-hmm. I mean it's not uncommon behavior. It's just it's an alpha male characteristic. You mean for the rhino to kill other rhinos, or you mean for the dude to take a picture? It, it's it's just like um like a evolutionary thing. I don't know. It's like no no that's what I'm asking for which one. Oh, uh, well, specifically both? just the rhino, like that oh, we were talking killing about right other now. rhinos. Yes, you know, it, it's like you want your seat to survive, not his seat. Like it's not about that. It's just trying to like. Uh, well, his his motives, regardless of the fact, like the whatever his motives are, and you're absolutely right. And most of it is just that's how the mentality. But right. he is absolutely killing that species off. No, I'm not saying he's yeah. not, but I'm just saying like that's. It's just a very tricky. No, no, but he's killing that species off. So they need. So the conservatives, the guys who want the species of rhinos to survive, they need to know they need to stop this guy. 
and they need to stop this rhino that has whatever that mentality. Are they're they either isolate him in solitude or they they're gonna kill him oh, off? Why do they have to kill him in solitude? How come they can just relocate him to to his where own area? It's still so surrounded by what? What do you mean? His own area, it's still solitude. He's not surrounded by any well, other yeah, rhinos. That's very true. Yeah. So, be- obviously, the best benefit, the word benefit all the rhinos would be for him to be auctioned off where they can raise this money it, to benefit sucks. the rest of them. I mean, it's just, it's the animal world. This stuff, we're trying I mean, to put, to people too, man. we're trying to put animal, we're trying to put human behavior into animal behavior, which is big, big fucking difference. Yeah. And people don't realize that, like, you cannot, it doesn't even, Care the same because you're it's more forgivable for excuse me, forgivable for the animal on based on instincts than it would be for the human. The fucking fucking bears kill cubs. They do. Bear bears are some of the cunstiest animals because they care other dolphins, same shit. They rape other dolphins. But they it's do. forgivable yeah, because it's all based on animal instincts. Yeah. And you're able to allow this like, well, that's kills, the animal world. Kills. Yeah, but you can't you can't put that same mentality into human behavior. Mm-hmm. So we do the best we can. We're like, shit, man. We're, we're in this situation where, like, we don't want to support this, but we, it will be beneficial if we let what a hunter become a hunter and let him kill mm-hmm. that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. It, I mean, it, it, like I said, it's tricky. It's fucked up. But, okay, you know what? We got a douchebag who's kind of rich. Let him let him give us money because so, let him do this kind of thing. It's, got, it's that mentality, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. It's, you know... I guess but yeah you're right trophy hunting is a very tricky thing that where you're like either for it or not for it mm-hmm. and at the same time you're kind of want to you don't want it to be for it but you don't want like, it to be for it but overall in reality it it's beneficial it helps overall <laughs> yeah <laughs> what do you think Loki? do you have a different opinion on that kind of thing well trophy hunting specifically yeah because it's not you know like not always feeding a village Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, true because oh, do you mean the rugs or something like that? No, yeah, just like stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like trophy, just like having a trophy wife. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with you know. You know what? Honestly, but the most part though, uh, the taxidermy, like most of it's not, it's not filled with the original meat. It's filled with like a skeleton. Right. They put it, up, but most of the meat goes to the village. Yeah. Define the village. Um, so you know, starving don't. kids, whatever. And that's easy to say. I say starving kids, but it mostly goes to like a cafeteria or whatever, it goes and they'll somewhere. feed it. Yeah, and from there. It's but if people eat it, it, it doesn't go to nowhere. It's not like it's going in the trash. Of course, it goes to nowhere. Mm-hmm. It does go to the trash. Mm-hmm. No, no, most people get fed fed off of the whatever the trophy. No, but I mean, just in general, mm-hmm. just like how much food goes to waste per day. Oh no, no, I'm oh, talking yeah, about third world countries specifically. Oh, yeah. Well, you're not getting a trophy hunting in Canada or or fucking America. Uh, yeah, I think you are. No, no, no. You're There's talking about the bear thing, right? Yeah, but is it? Most of those, any any trophy hunting going on in a first world country, gets paid. The money gets paid to the conservatives. I mean, sorry, conservatives, conservations to help them keep up the animal practices. The only time you get a third world country where I mean, uh, sorry, uh, uh, trophy hunting in third world country where it's the rarer animals, that's where it goes. Anything else in a first world country is for animal. It's to keep the population down of certain things, like wolves. No, 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 like wolves specifically in Canada are a huge issue. So it's a free-for-all right now on wolves because they want you to kill. You know, usually you get a limit. Like, oh, you can only that kill. I don't feel like it should be happening. Oh, no, it should. You Wolves are fucking, t- they're killing but horses. But taking by- over their land. That's no, 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 no. You got to look at it. Wolves are predatory animals. So, like, there's a, su- they're called, there's what's called super packs. You understand what this term? Do you, okay. You understand what a super pack is? <laughs> So a super pack is like a, a pack of wolves 
with like from a hundred to up to four hundred strong, and then they're been known to come through like uh like someone with a horse farm. Even around here, you see that, right? Like everything. So think of it like that. Like they're going through Canada, Siberia is a big issue, but they're going through that and they're just just tearing up because they're a super pack. So they're tearing up horse farms where they're killing literally like 30, 40 horses at a time and just run through those kind of places where they have actually like we need the population of wolves to go down. So the hunt, the hunting on wolves kind of things goes up like no limit whatsoever because we need hunters to come and take care of that issue. Oh, what are you talking about? You don't think the human population is too much right now? Fuck it, it's too much. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You know, that's that's been the issue since like the you know that's been every single comic like book China since happens. the 1960s. <laughs> that's racist. That's 100 percent racist, and I love Jackie Chan so f you. Just <laughs> saying. But love, you were making a point about like you, so you don't think that all trophy hunting is well, which I don't think. I agree with you. I don't think it's all well. I, okay, as far no, as like killing, um, what can I say? I think it's just a primal instinct. Like when it comes down to it, it's either kill or be killed. Mm, are you talking about hunting wise, or are you talking about no, e- even beyond hunting? You know, because mm-hmm. uh, like say, um, I think even like ever since you know the uh, probably like the caveman days, you know, uh, humans survived on a predominantly vegetarian diet and it wasn't until you know seasonally you know of course you know the snowfall came in you know (laughs) there wasn't a lot of vegetation so it's like okay to feed their families to feed the village Mm -hmm. uh they would resort to you know you know eating meat hunting animals things like that but it Mm -hmm. wasn't like the first you know it wasn't you know uh, the priority yeah like if the you know they had you know the plants and whatnot available Mm -hmm. that's what they would predominantly eat you know like uh yeah Evolutionary, that's like you know, like teeth. You know, that's like we're made. Like if you we were made to like eat meat, say, right? You know, we could eat it raw. We'd have fangs. We'd have like, you know, stronger you know acids in our stomachs. Mm-hmm. You know, properly you know digest the meat, kill off bacteria. We wouldn't get sick from mm-hmm. it. You know, we could drink milk. What, I mean, yeah, I mean that's actually how we evolved from Neanderthal to humanoid. Now it's because uh, well, it's because of the mushroom thing, the 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 naked ape. You know, have you have you heard that theory before? It's because we were eating shrooms off of whoop de whoop, and it evolved the mind and that kind of thing. And eventually, right. we get to this state that we're at now. Uh-huh. Actually, um, just you know, that you mentioned the ape. Um, I heard this uh, theory. Oh, theory. Where um, yes, theory. <laughs> where uh, like there were um sea apes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the aquatic ape that's called, it's and that's by ape. um, fuck, I forgot his name. I, I can't remember. His Terrence name. Howard. Nope, not Terrence Howard because he's an actor. actor. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. I did like him in Saint Vincent. No, no, no. It's Terrence something. Go ahead and uh, continue. No, no. Um, and just the Aquatic Ape. It's that's uh just type in aquatic uh, for anybody at home. Type in Aquatic Ape on Google. Very interesting theory. Very fucking interesting. And it's hard to argue. It's very hard to argue against. Yeah. Love. Go ahead and continue. How um. Man, I can't even remember like what time frame it's starting. Terrence Graham? No. Well, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm trying to remember like what like uh allegedly what time frame that, you know, um mm-hmm. you know, the ape, you know, evolved from like the water to come on land. Yeah. It, it's like a just a it, it's an evolution, um evolutionary theory, but yeah. I'm trying I'm trying to remember the exact like well, it wasn't exact, it was just a theory but Terrence McLoy, uh, might be it. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm still trying to like think like. Yeah, same here. <laughs> well, but what is the theory though? Oh, that they came. 
Was it from they came? Oh, I'm sorry. They started off on land and they went to the water. Or no, no, vice versa. Vice versa. Came from the water and like evolved into you know the mammals. That 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 what we get now, and uh, eventually you get into uh, taking a a mushroom trip, and it becomes with evolving the brain along with it. But most of it comes from vegetarian. You're right. Like it's survivable to be, but. Actually, it comes from like the way the 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 landscape changed because you essentially get the apes or moving down from trees being able to be safer, so they come down to the to the mm-hmm. actual to the actual land. So then they start their vegetation changes. Mm-hmm. Once the they evolve from trees because you're eating mostly fruits and vegetable or berries from the trees, you come down to the ground and now you can eat a little bit more um, like. Um, like I said, the mushroom trip comes, right, but right. along with the with those animals, also. So it evolves from that kind of thing for evolutionary state. Once you get to Homo sapiens, now you become a hunter, mm-hmm. and ev- with the ev- evolution of a mind, it's kind of really we talked about it a few podcasts ago. But the smarter you are, the more um, violent you get. Like dolphins, how well, dolphins are some of the only animals that that mate for pleasure, right. but mm-hmm. they also. Rape is rape. involved in that, and it's because with the smarter you are, the more violent you are as a species, and that's kind of how we get to where we are now. Because you really didn't get the whole uh, you were able you were to survive on berries and vegetation and fruits until we get a little bit smarter, hence the DMT molecule. Once you get the DMT molecule, now you become a hunter, now you become you're able to use tools. Now, that tool, the whole tools changes everything because now you're able to something that's bigger than you or something that's um, stronger than you, like a, like what let's say uh, a T Rex, whatever the fuck, it doesn't matter what a predatory animal, mm-hmm. uh, you know whatever uh, saber tooth tiger, you're able to or a mastodon, you're able to hunt it, you're able to kill it because you made a tool to be able to more make yourself more efficiently. So the smarter you are, the more violent you become, or the more aggressive you become. I guess I'm not smart enough. And that well now your now your diet changes, and now, that also because along with shrooms, because you before keep in mind before you were living in trees, so your diet was this. Now that you became more bossy or whatever you come down to the ground because of the terrain changes now you're able to evolve now your diet changes and that's how you get into hunter-gatherer societies and that's how and it's all has to do with evolution so like obviously we're not fucking uh, eating our own placenta anymore you know because the more evolution you get the more you're adapting to your own society hence the smarter you are the more violent you are the smarter you are the more the way your diet changes that kind of thing and that's kind of like where we get to why we became more meat eaters or more carnivorous, more hunters, more aggressive. And it, and it really all has to do with um, like um, uh, territory, territorial. And, and kind of in the point, like uh, impressing a woman and wanting the seed to keep going, that kind of thing. It all has that same seed, the evolutionary to want to impress. Um, it's primal. It, it very, primal very, very primal. Very primal. But yeah. it's curious how it comes from being vegetarian to being carnivorous to being the best hunter. And you become the best hunter, you're more athletic. And it all it all comes back to that. Like now, that's what women are are impressed by now, you know, uh, generally speaking, obviously. So you get two types of women. They're, it's the alpha male what they're attracted to, evolutionary speaking-wise. Either athletic or something meant or someone mentally more adapt to be able to to be you know that kind of thing. Whatever would lead to the exactly, of, and uh, it's all evolution. It's all all evolution, which is why that. how we get to, yeah. which is how we get to be in hunter society now, hunter gatherer society now, more masculine. And women took the role for the most part. Women took the role of gatherers. Men took the role of hunters, and it all has to do with um, the way the body structure 
men are actually are naturally born more muscular women are more born uh childbearing that kind of thing it all happens to do with that but it's all an evolution you know what i mean so you want to go back to the origin obviously we're all eating all berries and vegetation and all that thing you keep evolving and you get into this aggressive state because the more intelligent we are the more aggressive we become you know and that kind of it's it's that kind of thing whether that's right or wrong i don't know no no that's it's subjective yeah that's subjective yeah we're saying is that that people that are more you know have plants that are uh, uh, vegetarian are nicer they're just not not as aggressive aggressive. evolutionary speaking Mm -hmm. okay and whether that's a good thing or bad thing that's all perspective whether you want a, you know that kind of mentality during a post-apocalyptic era that's all you whether that works on a current society whether it works in California whether it works in LA that's something LA you think about but whether that works in a third world country or whether that works in something somewhere where you need that to survive like in Africa like in you know uh, Kenya or Nigeria or something like that might be the bit, big difference you know what I'm saying like that mentality might not necessarily work in that environment uh, Loaf's a warrior. I've seen him get down many, many times. Really? Don't be fucking, don't be mistaken by this bullshit. No, I, I wanted to comment on that. You know mm-hmm. how you said, um, uh, the more intelligent you are, the violent, the more violent that you get. The more aggressive you get, yeah. And and it's the more almost intelligent you are. The I it's a theory I have, but it's almost the way I feel about it is almost the way the less you are stricken by morals. You know what I mean. Because you're looking at things in a broader picture. Because you're looking at things differently. So, like, if I... Okay, let's look at it this way. Like, it's almost like, um... Fuck. Uh, if I murder... Like, okay. If I go back in time to 19... Fucking... 22. And I, and I kill a baby. That's... That's morally wrong. Correct? Yes. But, based on the knowledge I have, that baby, his name is Adolf Hitler. I'm being more... Now, I'm smarter. Because I know what he's going to do. And I know that this is a le- I, I'm going to be looked at as a bad guy, even though I'm but saving, I'm saving over 8 million people in the future. That's going to be, that's something kind of like the smarter. I have a, an inf- a, information. I have a certain amount of knowledge that's going to make the difference between the way you look at me right now and the way you look at me in the future, because I have an intelligent, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm, I know a little bit more than you do, even though right now it looks like I'm being the bad guy. That's kind of how. Uh, now that's an extreme way to look at it. Don't no, get me wrong, I, I am. I'm but I'm only making an extreme. Po- I'm only saying that to make it a point. You know, you use extremes to prove points. That always. That's how you win a debate or how you argue. But that's kind of the same mentality. So the more intense you are, the more you see more than the average person, even though it looks bad to everybody else. With that, I don't necessarily agree with it, but no, I, I get the logic. But it's just a lot. Exactly, it's the logic behind it. But um, say like um. They're like Back to the Future, for example, where he has the almanac. Yes. Yeah, that was a uh, part. Was two. That two. Part, part two. two. Mm-hmm. Where it takes place in the future. Absolutely. Um, finds the almanac for mm-hmm. whatever the. the sports, first, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sports almanac for like nineteen. Was it nineteen fifty to like two thousand? Yeah, exactly. Like nineteen fifty two to like whatever two thousand thirty, whatever. Yeah. You know, and um, he goes back in time, and it has like obviously a very negative outcome. You know. Because I guess it just depends on the person. Just because um, it's almost like there's correlation between, you know, if, if you want to, um, 
I guess, you know, like, use that perspective that you have, you know, for, like, to... Good or evil. Uh, yeah, you know, um, if you do have that intelligence where you're, you know, very cognizant of, mm -hmm. like, you know, like, right and wrong, you know, like, like, um, like, how do you put it into, like... Uh, well, I definitely do feel like, um... The, the smarter you are, the less morality becomes an issue. The less morality becomes an issue as far as subjective to that he goes. Because I think the... Okay, so when you're a kid, you know right from wrong easily, right? I think so. I believe that. Like, Absolutely. Believe because that. you're a kid. Because you don't know... Uh, you're not as smart as you are when you're an adult. But no, when you're but, adult, but like, as an adult, like, looking back, it's like, okay, you know, it's like almost... um. Like, okay, like, now knowing what I know, and if I were back at that age, mm -hmm. then it's like you kind of, like, piece it together for yourself where it makes sense to you. Well... I mean, like, like I mean, like, if I were a kid, mm -hmm. like, if I were a kid right now, I have no idea, like, what anything is. Like, I still You have think, black and white ideals of what right and wrong exactly, is. Exactly, you know, like, you know... The older you get, the more subjective it gets. The more gray it gets, correct? And that has to do with, it has absolutely to do with your intelligence level. It's just the same conversation we had with Chasing Amy. How the way I saw that film when we when I was younger, because I knew exactly what right and wrong was when I was younger, and I felt like she was in the wrong. The older I get, the more information I have, the more I look at things differently. Where like in in more broad spectrum, we're like, you know what? Like, no, she wasn't wrong at all. You know, she was, you know, that kind of thing. Like. Just because she, you know, whored around her youth or slutted, you know, whatever, by other people's perspectives, doesn't mean she was actually a bad person. But I have it so more. My morality changes with the more intelligence or knowledge I have. Uh, knowledge based on experience, eh? Knowledge based on experience. Knowledge based on other people's experience. Knowledge just based on more information. Okay, like for me, um, I saw that movie. I was still mm -hmm. in high school when I saw that movie. Yeah, yeah, same here. Yeah. You know, and I saw it in... I don't remember what my initial, you know, reaction to that movie was. Yeah. I, I know I liked it, you know. Yeah. Like, it's one of those, like, uh, like whatever I was feeling at a teenager at the time, you know. Yes. It's like, oh, I could kind of put myself in this position. Right, right, right. in her position. It's like, oh, it's just a movie, whatever. But then, you know, after, you know, uh, experiencing something mm -hmm. where I was in, I'll say, a similar situation. Right. I was like, fuck. It's like. I, okay, like, I get that where I, okay, like, I want to get her situation. Yeah. You know, just because, you know, she did what she did, but she's like, oh, you know, like, uh. It wasn't me at that time. You right, understand you know, that kind like, of thing. Uh -huh. Right now, it's you, you that I want it. Exactly. All led me to you, this and that. 100%, yeah. Which I get that, like, okay, now I get that. Right. But then I also get, um. His point. His perspective mm -hmm. was like, oh, how could you do that? They just used you, yeah. this and that, you know? But his perspective that you get, do you understand he was in the wrong or no? No, no, yeah, I get that, you know, because mm -hmm. his was based on just emotion. Yes. It's hard to, like, you know, you know, um, to well, look at the bigger picture from that. Yeah. But hers was very logical. Very Absolutely. Accurate. Now it is, though. Because I remember at the time thinking, like, I thought 100% he was in the right. I thought, like, yeah, he's right for judging her. And now, like, I'm looking at it now as a, like, how can I ever even think that to be judging right. someone for their sexual experiences? That's so bu fucking bullshit of me. Right, but right. that's because with the knowledge I have now. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that's why I feel I like that. the more knowledge you have, the more about a certain subject or whatever the fucking thing is, the less morality 
quote unquote black and white morality has a kind of effect on you it should be more gray the more knowledge you have because everything it doesn't you can almost see everybody else's point of view look at fucking isis look at 9-11 september 11 2001 you look back at that and you're like oh my that's the most evil shit that could ever happen how can anybody kill fucking thousands and thousands of peoples and you look back with the more information you have like just with a different perspective on their point of view like oh my god they're trying to make a statement oh my god these are religious celiots these are people who really believe in something and you could almost think you can almost feel for them like damn these guys really you know in their home to people who believe that what they believe they're heroes you know these guys got you know sacrificed their lives for that kind of thing and it's just looking at a different perspective Different perspective is different. It has more knowledge. You're looking at something with that kind of thing. And you have to be objective to be able to do that. Hundred percent, you do. Because if you're not objective, you get this is America. Fuck them. Hey, right. Bro. If you're not objective, you get like you know like that incident that happened a week ago where the uh, I think I forgot where it was in the Middle Eastern country, but a crane fell and killed over a hundred people. And literally, if you look at videos where you're looking, like, on YouTube, if you look at videos on YouTube where they're, they were building a mosque and a, the crane fell over and killed over 100 people, like, that's what you get for, that's karma for 9-11. Like, oh, my God, that's the most ignorant fucking comment you can see. But what's that? That's uneducated people. If you have more, if you have more education, you have a more objective point of view. It's not saying that they're right. It's just looking through their eyes. Well, yeah, exactly. But it's I feel not, it, I mean, it really... Bad. It really all stems from the more educated you are, the less morality, black and white morality, has an issue with it. That's and why you I understand feel, why they're doing it. Yeah, it's more of a nationality. Well, that's it's kind of stems to like the whole dolphin thing, with the whole uh, raping other fucking dolphins. It's they're like, smart. They're smarter kind of animals. It's like you were saying about the rhino. You understand mm-hmm. why the rhino was doing it. Yeah, but it, like no, a, that's like, not the same. Okay, yeah. like um, it wasn't specific to the rhino. It was just like a, like I don't know if it's in planet. It's just uh, just um, animal nature. Uh, instinct. Yeah. It just you know just like to like whatever you are, just keep it going. Uh-huh. Doesn't matter if you're a person. Like it's almost like you don't even have to have the ability to distinguish yourself from like whatever the other species is from you. You just know yeah. that you, it's like a survival thing. Yeah, absolutely right. Just, you're essentially basic, just trying to keep yourself thing. alive. Basic and instinct. And if not you, just keep whoever's around you, your species or whatever, keep them alive. 100%. It's a basic instinct, really. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, anyways, but that, yeah, 100%. But that goes just by the theory. I think the smarter you are, the less moralities, quote-unquote, has an issue to do with your decisions. And then I'm thinking, like, if you have the ability to be violent, that means you would have the ability to be non-violent. Non, exactly. Once you, I think we were talking about this. On what we, uh, one of the. I know solos. we've discussed this. No, no, yeah. this was recently. I think on the last episode where we were talking about uh, sociopaths and psychopaths, how how are they able to critically think? Like, if you're smart, because you know most uh, serial killers are smart enough to be able to critically. Th- most most serial killers are not dumbasses. They're they're smart sure. enough. They're beyond exactly, that. and but the thing that like if we can figure out their methods while watching a documentary, how are they not able to figure out their methods from them living their lives? Well, even like a documentary, it still has a perspective. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely very, very right. You're absolutely right. But what really what I'm talking about is like, look, like I can figure out my methods right now for like, oh, why I like a certain kind of girl because oh, you know what, that ha- pr- 
probably had to do with the fact that you know one of my aunts is really cool to me and she has red hair at the time and now I have a thing for redheads I'm just as an example okay no I, I get that I get but that. I'm saying like if you're if you're smart enough to have be able to critically think like oh my god like oh my I have mommy issues that's why I'm killing these women who you know I'm using Ed Gein as an example but I was like, just oh, thinking that exactly like oh my god like oh no. wonder uh, no, just knowledge. <laughs> you know? No, but like, oh my god, like I have mommy issues. No wonder I'm fucking picking. I have this urge to. If they're smart to think that, and they, that means they're smart enough to know the difference between like what right and wrong is, and and it's kind of that example. But like, they're using almost using that as an excuse to like, oh no, if people trace me back, like they know that I have a fucked up childhood, and that's why I'm making these decisions. But if they're smart to think that, critically think upon like why they're making the decisions that they know they're making. Why aren't they stopping themselves from making the wrong decisions? You know what I mean? It's almost like you, I can't even excuse that anymore. They know they're doing something wrong. Well, I can't even excuse the because the, they're gonna know like well, he had a fucked up, he grew up fucked up and he had a really bad childhood where I feel bad for this guy, and now you're using that as an like that makes sense the why he's killing these type of women or these type of guys or whoop de whoop or John Wayne Gacy. Well, oh, he's a closet homophobe. Makes sense. Now, because he couldn't express himself earlier, now he's looking for guys to murder or have sex with, you know, that kind of thing. Like, like you're smart enough to know that's, you're smart enough to know the method to why you're doing that. You're now, you're making But so they be as objective. Uh, that's what I think they are. If you're, because I have to, I think it has to do with intelligence. If they're smart enough to know the, to the reasons why, then they have to be objective. The smart enough to know the objectives. Well, that's what I got to the point where, like, if they just, maybe they just enjoy it and they're using this as an excuse. They just what, enjoy it. Well, it, it, like, it's, it's a joker thing. This is the same conversation we had on the last podcast, yeah, but, like, yeah, some people yeah, just want to watch the world burn and they're using this as an excuse. To like, oh well, when they look back at me, they're gonna they're gonna think this is why I did, even though I know, but you know that kind of thing. Yeah. Evil people out there. Yeah, I mean, e- evil is might be a black and white construct though, and I don't know if I, you know, it's almost hypocritical for me to say like, oh, uh, like, um, no, 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 they're smart enough to be not, and then use evil and good and evil as a, as a, uh, you know. beyond good and evil. Exactly, because it is beyond good and evil, you know. Yeah. It's a beyond a concept of God and the devil and beyond the Bible and you know it's it, beyond. Like I said, I always go back to it. Uh, and prophecies, man. Oh, yeah, you're right. Like, I always go back to that scene just because. The movie. The movie, yeah. Oh, okay. Um. Well, there was this. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, Mothman prophecies. Um, Richard Gere, Lorena Linney. I forgot who else. Anyway, there's this one scene where. I don't know if you're familiar with the movie. No. Are you familiar with Mothman just in general? No. Mothman. Um, um, are you familiar with Bigfoot? Yes. So it's just another, you know, cryptozoological creature that people say they've seen, but there's no proof. Okay. Okay, anyway. Um, it took place, I want to say, in Point Pleasant... West Virginia it was somewhere in the south anyway where in the movie um, Richard Gere's character mm-hmm. he tracks down this guy that's written about him and had his experiences with him whatever and the guy he's very reluctant to talk about it just because you know nobody believes you whenever you talk about certain things mm-hmm. so anyway like there's a scene in the movie where you know um, he has this 
really great conversation. I wish I could recite it just because it was so good. But the perspective that I'm talking about is that um, I guess Mothman somehow knows everything. You know, um, what was that scene in the hotel room where he just like reaches into a cupboard and uh, he just grabs something? Uh huh. And like you can't even see it. He just like opens the cupboard. He just reaches in and yeah. grabs something. And he's on the phone with Mothman. Yes. That's something we've yes. seen it. Spoiler alert. I don't want to give away too much. <laughs> and anyway, um, he's like, okay, you know, like, uh, what am I holding? He's like, chapstick. And then he just like reaches out and there's like this roll of chapstick. So yeah. he's like. He has an omniscient point of view. And it's, the, it's actually the main point because, man. Well, it's kind of like what you said earlier about, um, were you talking about the skyscraper thing? Yeah, I haven't mm-hmm. gone to it yet. I'm trying okay. to like give her like, you know, some. Oh, perspective. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So anyway, um, there's this uh, scene, you know, like in correlation to that, where he picks up a book and he just like flips up a page, you know, this page, this line, this paragraph, whatever. It's like, what is uh, what is the tenth line from the second paragraph on so and so page? And he has a book right there, and the guy's reciting it. He opens it up, and it's just like right there. For sure. And um. I can't remember the guy's name, the author of that book, or uh, whatever the yeah. predominant, you know, figure in the thing was. Anyway, he tracks down this guy that, you know, had his, has his, his experiences with the Mothman. And um, he's trying to ask him all these questions. And it's a very, it's, um, for me, it was a very pivotal scene. I think the most, in my opinion. And very, yeah. uh, it had a crypticness to it. Well, I thought that was like, uh, like if I was a director, that's the message of the entire movie I wanted to get across. And if you didn't get it, you should have gotten it, because I know I should have gotten it, but it, I just still trip out just because I got the vibe from it, yeah, huh? whatever it was, yeah. and I just didn't get it. Anyway, um, like this whole time, like uh, Richard Gere is hassling like the guy, you know, like, oh, what does this mean? And this happened mm-hmm. to me. What does that mean? Like, how does this guy know all this stuff? You know, whatever. And he's not really telling him anything mm-hmm. he's telling him something but not telling him anything anyway um like they leave the building mm-hmm. and he's like oh, you know like uh what's he say he's like um like why does he have to be like that why can't he just like just like come out and tell us you know what's on his mind and then the guy he just kind of like stops he looks around he looks up he's like you know that window washer in the skyscraper like if you were to see yeah. a car crash like, I don't know how many blocks down the street, it wouldn't make him God. You know, like, if he were to tell you, like, oh, there's a car accident right now. Mm-hmm. It just means that at the perspective that he's at, he just has a better point of view. Okay. You know, so... 100%, yeah. Like, I ever love since that. I saw that, I love that like, it was just, like, everything just, like, all boils down to, like, wherever you're at, there's always going to be a bigger picture. Uh-huh. Like, yep. Like... Even though you might be so sure about something that you know, there's probably something even more. This is actually like I was re-listening to some of the other podcasts, and you made a thing about Zach to the Rocha mm-hmm. about like how can 200 million Chinese people be wrong? And there's really talking about Buddhism or Eastern philosophies, right? Okay. Do you remember this or no? Do you remember say, that quote by Zach to the Rocha? <laughs> It's on one of the episodes with, I think it was the first episode of Frank and Christine, episode 25, if anybody wants to go back and listen. But I remember, but I remember hearing that before, I remember hearing that quote from, uh, we only have time for like maybe 10 more minutes, but 
I remember hearing that quote from Zachary Rocha. I remember before you mentioned it, like, oh, yeah, that's right. He said that. But I remember thinking that's, like, the most ridiculous quote of all time. Like, how is he making that to prove a point? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, because, number one, uh, up until, like, 100 years ago, a bil- everybody on the planet thought the world was flat. You know what I mean? It was that kind of thing. Like, yeah, it's very possible for fucking 200 million people be wrong, especially on a religious belief. You know, it's a, it doesn't even it doesn't even make sense to be like how you can be thinking like, oh, uh, if these many people believe it, it has to be right. Like, what? Oh, okay. It's like, no. Yeah, how, okay. how are you using that to as an argument to prove your point? That's bullshit. Because you don't even need an argument for that. It's just like you know the the general perspective. Exactly. Like, it's if very you ignorant. Way. If you have like a hundred million people mm-hmm. or whatever behind you. Like, um, who's really gonna question it? Uh huh, exactly. But not everybody's gonna be, you know, be like, like, no, fuck that. You're not gonna be the Joan of Arcs, you know? They're oh, the, the uh, one outsider in rebellious, exactly, yeah. you know? Because uh, I don't think that's like inherent in, um, in any form of our evolution, you know? It's yeah. Just, um, just those people that wanna, you know, think, you know, outside, outside the, the box, box, you know, basically, that have the ability to, you know, have that grander picture maybe uh-huh. you know uh, to to be the martyrs for their car, cause yeah and that's what for the most part in the old world that's what they became were martyrs for because anybody thinking outside the box was like oh witchcraft or like that kind of thing you know just, 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 uh, I don't know that's pretty interesting uh, Christine going back to we haven't heard your voice in a little bit um, <laughs> what do you think uh, you know that kind of thing issues or you know we only have time for one more stuff but anything you want to bring up that you felt like oh you really felt passionate about that you want to bring across? Um, no, I pretty much got my, 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 my passions and also my passions, animals and making everybody beautiful. What do you think about like the, like that whole, um, like the scene you just explained about the Mothman prophecies, mm-hmm. like being up there, having a different point oh, of view? Yeah. No, yeah. How, how do you, you know? I, I do agree with him. Um, you, when you see it in a di- different way, it's, it's not oh, even. It's not even necessarily a different way. Yeah, exactly. It's a broader perspective. It's a high. You know, like you're seeing a bigger picture than everybody else is seeing on the lower scale. Of course, yeah. everybody else is not going to be like in the same mindset as you. Mm-hmm. You're seeing it in different ways, different angles. Do you think that affects like morality? What you think is right or wrong? Yes. And that may not necessarily be what you have that. More knowledge. May not necessarily be what the guy on the skyscraper thinks is right or wrong because he knows. Like, let's say that car accident that he witnessed. Like that saved, you know, million lives or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was a necessary, a necessary evil almost, you know, and you know that kind of thing. I do believe something needs to be done, sometimes. Okay. I do. Um, Elaborate on that, cause that's uh, like that's interesting. Meat, you mean? Not, no, not inside of me, but I feel like sometimes there has to be a higher input to prevent certain stuff, and sometimes they're not the best inputs. This would be bad ones. Like, yeah, a lesser of two evils. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, kill one person, save a thousand yeah. instead of... Which I'm against, by the way. Oh. Yeah. 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 But, no, I understand it. But, yeah. for the most... So, p- the way I feel about that is, like, uh, if you have... Uh, you're, it's almost like the person is missing the point. If they're, if they're going to willing to bite the bullet for that kind of thing. It's almost like you're condemning yourself. Because the way I feel about it is, and I'm not against it too at the same time, because like, I'm willing, like, let's say if they were me, my decision where like I need to do something where it was a lesser two evils, but I need to be the bad guy. I need to take the bullet 
so everybody else can live happily ever after. I, Fuck it. I'm going to take it. I, I, I've, I've been there. I've taken bullets for other people, and I'm okay with it. Yeah. Are you like 50 cent? Yeah. <laughs> no, no it's, but... It's true. I mean, I'm okay with it because it doesn't affect me precisely. But it's, No, okay. But see, that's, you're missing the point. Because it doesn't affect you... The whole, the whole point is a sacrifice. You need to be exactly. making a sacrifice. Exactly. It well, needs to like, affect it's you. It's going to affect you. Yes. I mean, it's going to affect me, but I don't, I don't think about it as much. And I think he did something good. So that, that I did something good. That's not necessarily the same thing because you need to suffer. The whole point is you need to go. You're willing to go to hell. You're willing to bite the bullet for the greater good. <laughs> Um, like, um, like what he means is that, like, it's okay, like, if, um, somebody come down, like, knock on my door one day, mm-hmm. say, for example, mm-hmm. be like, hey, uh, we're gonna build this, like, huge, grand, fucking, like, living facility for all of us. Right. But, um, a baby has to die in order mm-hmm. for that to happen. I mean, that's actually pretty specific. Yes. But it's like. Do you do that so like you and everybody that you know, everybody around you for won't have to suffer, will live happily ever after. But you have to kill that one innocent. Like, could you make that call? I don't know. I don't know. Like, okay, like just like I'm like directing it to you right now. Like, if like you have five seconds to answer, mm-hmm. either the baby dies or you die. I die. Okay, no, okay. Let's not put that. Either the baby okay. dies or your mother dies. Or the baby dies, or ten people you don't know die. Either one's a bad answer. That's a decision you're making, though. Like either, either the baby dies, or ten people you don't know die. What would you choose? It's not supposed to be uh, easy. It's not. It's not, thing to it's not an easy answer. Yeah. The point is, like, are you willing to take eternal suffering for a for a overall good? I think I would be able to. And is that the right decision? Because for the most part... Okay. Actually, have you seen the film Cabin in the Woods? I've seen parts of it, yes. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Now, there's a... Have you seen it yet, Lofi? Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. It's... Weaver? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, man. It's a great film. Now, number one, it's a great film because... It, it throws in every horror cliche ever, mm-hmm. but on but purpose. But it does it in such an awesome way. But on way, purpose, man. it's a satire of itself. <clears throat> Excuse me. At the end, though, <clears throat> Sigourney Weaver gives the proposition, like, um, because the virgin needs to die, and it's a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. The virgin needs to die for this world to survive, because that's what the old gods request. <coughs> Excuse me. So it's up to the. It's between the nerd kind of guy dude and the virgin. And it's like one of you two needs to needs to die in order for the because that's the, the way meek. the hierarchy goes. The that's the way the hierarchy goes. So in order for the old gods to be satisfied, if you don't, if if one of you doesn't die, this entire world is fucking dead. It's destroyed. So you guys need to make a decision. <clears throat> and the the actually the dude is the one that tells the women like uh, that tells the girl the virgin girl like you know what like uh, no because the Sigourney Weaver's character is like. Well, you guys gotta choose. We'll do it. We're running out of time. Right, right. What's it gonna be? And he's like, maybe, maybe we're not supposed to survive. If I have to make that decision where an innocent life is taken, maybe it's time for this world to end because it's not worth it for me for us to sacrifice okay. innocence. That's a very interesting point. Exactly. That's what the, the entire point of it. it maybe it's one. not the worst. Maybe it's not 
maybe this world doesn't deserve to survive if I have to make a decision where an innocent life is taken. And it's a different way to look at something like that. And that's the way I kind of look at it. No, that. no, yeah, absolutely. That's why, that's the only... Exactly. That's the only reason I brought up earlier where, like, I, I agree with it, but at the same time, I don't agree with it. Meaning, like, I'm willing to take the bite the bullet, but at but the same then, time, is it the right thing? To is do? it maybe this world doesn't deserve to survive if I'm if I have to make a decision where I have to bite that bullet? You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Uh, just like thinking of it as um, you know, the whole like you know, caveman survival primal thing, like where you know, at you know, like a human being's like most most like a basic instinct mm-hmm. is just to survive exactly yeah. and you, just that like you say you know the more intelligent you get you know mm-hmm. you get more violent but i still think that you have the ability to be non-violent and, and in just the same ability. way everybody has ability but uh mm-hmm. in, in just that same way you know mm-hmm. um it's kind of like you know trying to like mend that you know like it's either so-and-so dies or you can make that it's almost philosophical 100% it is you know You're absolutely right yes where it's either you know they die or we die but not in the sense of more like in the I think therefore I am kind of way I think it's more like okay uh, let me make a sacrifice like I'm gonna die for you guys but then what's the fucking point because you know, if I'm still gonna be a martyr, but you're not gonna appreciate that. It's almost like being like a philosophical hipster of sorts. That's funny. <laughs> it's really I'm good. It's <laughs> <laughs> really good, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. Uh, well, we're you know we could end this now because this I love where this conversation went eventually, eventually, because the beginning, the first hour was like oh, but this I this is what I'm talking about. This is why I like podcasts where like. It, be, it gets to get more deep conversations, right? I think Loaf said it. <laughs> I think Loaf said it best, but it's like when your girl t- tells you to go deeper, but you're all out of philosophical ideas. That's, that's, that's a good Loafy joke. That's a good one. Um, no, dude, uh, but yeah, let's cut it off for now. Um, thank you so much for having me, guys. Thank you for being a guest. You know, uh, very, very cool. Uh, did you enjoy the conversation that you were? I did. Hearing you guys, I learned new things today. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something every day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and this and this went in a really cool direction. I like, I like, I just like the. Um, There's an intensity, man. man. I like I, it, I right? see, man. I love it. Yeah, love yeah. It. You know, I had this idea a long time ago when I was a kid about like. Just like uh, preaching, like, or you know, uh, what was it called? Bible studies, drunk Bible studies, and I, I. One of the reasons I got kicked out of the church was for that reason. But I thought this is exactly what I pictured <laughs> in my head. It's Sacramento wine. It's your wine. You bought it, like, <laughs> right? Bought it, man. This is exactly what I had in my mind when I thought this up, like just in vino es verdad type thing, you know, that whole Latin expression. And it, and I just thought, like, man, this this is, this is perfect. The conversations that would hop that evolved from being more open because of you know uh, alcohol. This is it. And I appreciate it, man. And thank you very much for Christina for coming on. No, Loaf, problem. always. Thank you very much for the best co host ever. Couldn't have done it with anybody else, you know. Uh, but yeah, that would conclude this episode of Snoop's Booze. We got a little heavy. It wasn't as uh, comical as usual. It got a it little didn't bit. didn't have to be. But, but that's what that's I really liked about exactly. it. Exactly. I was just about to say that. It, it, but this is something even more enjoyable, a different aspect you could take of it. So, uh, but once you call it, if you have any disagrees or. Points of views, 
please hit us up on our new social medias snooze and booze one word on instagram you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, whatever Just you want. any prominent like social network right now. We'll exactly. Be on there. We're on there. And if you want to hit us up on our personal ones, uh, you can find me under Steve Medell 1775. Love. And mine is Static and Television, one word. Christine, do you have a, a social media you want to promote or anything like that? Um, Christina um, M-C. Okay. Can you want to spell that last part out or no? Christina M-C. S E S C or S C R I S T I N A. Okay. M dash C. Okay, cool. Uh, do you want to promote where you're working at right now? If you want to get the um, haircut, yeah, if you guys ever want to come down, I'm on Christina's Barber Shop right on Cherry. Uh huh. In North Long Beach. Cool. She's right. doing a cut to my hair. I do a very good job. Come to me. You'll be happy. Come to me. Come to me. Because she gives you drugs. Me. Gives you drugs. <laughs> and I'm a I listen to you. Trust me, I sing very good. <laughs> All right, that's maybe we'll save that for a part two or something. That's really weird. Thank you very much, guys, for listening in. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of Season Booze. Until now, I'll catch you on the flip side. And I'm low, and keep your glass full. <laughs>